Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Token Cast Interviews. I'm your host and sometimes referee, the friendly neighborhood Zach Stat Pearson. And today I'm joined by she whose height knows no equal because nobody else can claim that that stature. The one, the only, the owner of all gats relating to the heels, a one Peachy Clover. Peachy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Peachy Clover. You can also call me Clover. I am a cosplayer and I am known on Twitter for cosplaying Bayonetta specifically. Ah, <laughs> uh, Twitter. I'm very curious what's going to happen to them next year. Ah, uh, me too. It's always like sitting on the edge of your seat every day to see like what the fuck's going on on Twitter. Yeah, it's I, I know everyone said it almost like a joke, but it was true. Like almost every time when Trump was president, you heard Trump in the news. Your first thought in the back head was, what the fuck did he fuck up now? That's actually uh, yes. what I hear anytime someone brings up Elon's like, oh, what did he fuck up now? Yes, exactly. I feel the same way. <laughs> it, it, it's like he's he doesn't want to acknowledge that he's Andrew Tate, but he's also simultaneously not Andrew Tate and somehow worse. I don't know how someone can do that. <sighs> Ah, it's rich people. They have too much time on their hands. <laughs> Damn. Um, okay, well, uh, all right. With that being said, let's get into playing 21 questions, despite there only being 17. Um, I don't all know. Right. Maybe just get bored. Once we get to 17, just ask me random stupid shit. I don't care. Dealer's choice. But number one, I'm curious. Uh, what got you into gaming? So I've always been interested in gaming because my oldest sibling has always been interested in games. And so I really got into gaming because of my oldest sibling. And it's, I mean, what's not to like about video games? It's basically like you get to play your own movie and that's super cool. And it's like bringing your imagination of make-believe when you're a kid and being able to see it like visually on a screen. And that's always been so cool. So I got into gaming because I've always been interested in more sci-fi fantasy things because of the way that I've grown up. And so I got into gaming because, I mean, it's another art form and art has always been a big part of my life. Someone who actually can openly state gaming is art. Beautiful. It is art. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is one I of the mean, things that, you know, I guess people who mad that their medium isn't as popular. It's not a fucking contest, but, you know, you can't convince old no. people shit. Um, but, it, yeah, you do have to code and program. But one of the things people don't seem to understand is that, yo, uh, you need to have art in the games for them to even be playable. So you can't have a game without art. Just like you can't have a video mm -hmm. game without coding and programming. It's one of the few times that art and technology truly get to blend together but no it's not yes. art because it's not on a canvas or so it doesn't conform to what i prefer yeah okay uh, okay boomer <laughs> exactly i feel the same way just people just need to accept that it is an art form at this point and it's such an outdated thought process to not it is so stupid art. and i mean half the times that when they want to really sell a game what do they always include to one of the most things they commonly include artistic alterations to the characters or a fucking art book which oh yeah mm -hmm. that was kind of like the biggest brain fart moment you gonna laugh at this but uh did you pick up the um special edition version of bayonetta 3 yes i do have it me and my wife have it because she has been collecting the other art books so i have it because she really, really high ass price oh is it 
the first one because they they came with movies that didn't come out in north america and also mm -hmm. those books weren't released in north america um mm -hmm. but yeah i accidentally almost threw away my fucking art book oh my god <laughs> that would have been really bad bro so they as you know the way the game is put in it's in layers the first layer here's bayonetta three. Second layer here's bayonetta one and two you know you can slide them all in you can fit them all in right mm -hmm. so i just took the games out i was like oh well i'm gonna sell these to somebody and well i mean we mentioned it earlier maybe i'll cut this out but i don't think i'm technically under nda for them yet but uh there's a pretty famous uh, recording studio that i'm using for the stuff i'm trying to do with sega and also mm -hmm. you know my personal um audio drama stuff and the uh my lead audio engineer ramsey never played any bayonettas but he always wants to he just knows about her in smash brothers so i was like hey uh i don't need like three or four copies of bayonetta one and two because i had the switch version i have the and the switch version also has a bayonetta one for this for the i mean of the wii u version and the wii u version also gave you know discount code to get the other game so i have two copies right there and a physical copy of bayonetta uh two for wii u then the switch came out uh, i got the switch version of bayonetta two and you know because it was the version i got eventually over time i got bayonetta one uh switch version two that was kind of sort of an accident that was me not paying attention but then i realized oh snap i don't actually have access to a ps3 anymore so i was like you know what let me just keep this for archival purposes and then here comes you know the remake edition i mean the special edition and they gave them to me again so i was like you know what let me share the wealth you've been helping me out we're homies here you get these games off me and you give me 40 bucks i'll even let you borrow my amiibo um and that's how i actually got rid of those but then i just said you know what why do i still have this box do i really need this box so i was going to think about throwing it away in my trash can and then all of a sudden i tilted it and it just slid out my hand really quickly and onto the ground i was like what the hell oh, no. so i opened it back up and then i just poured on my bed boom and there's the fucking book yeah, it was hiding on the very, very bottom of the box. Yeah, it like under under a whole entire line. Like, man, I would feel so stupid if I'd actually thrown this shit away. Yeah, especially since it's worth so much right now. Yeah, um, because well, it's because they realize you know every time they don't release the art book, the prices get ridiculous in the aftermarket. It's like with sneakers almost. Mm -hmm. But um, all right, moving on. Uh, now, mind you, this question is very broad. But uh, what got you in the Japanese cartoons? Well, it's also a big part of uh, my oldest sibling was also interested in that. Me and my oldest sibling, we clicked a lot more personality-wise and interest-wise than my two other sisters. What was that? How many of you are there? <laughs> I have three siblings. I'm a, one of the second youngest of four kids, so. Oh, your brother must be loving that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, I was the, I was more in touch personality wise and interest wise with my oldest sibling. And so we got more close than my two other sisters because they weren't quite interested in like sci-fi fantasy, just the nerdy geeky culture of things. They weren't interested in that. And so we watched our Actually, it's one of our first animes together. So we ended up watching uh, Gurren Lagann. That was one of oh our very first. Oh my god. It's one of my favorites still. Such a good one. It's a good one to start with, I would say. But 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like surprisingly <laughs> good writing, but cheeky. It's it is absolutely. But Studio Trigger is one of my favorite studios, if not my favorite anime studios. But um, yeah, I started watching anime because I was interested. Well, I've always been interested in cartoons, and then adding like a cool action, like sci-fi aspect to that, like in Gurren Lagann with like the um, mech suits and all that stuff. Just really, it's appealed to all of my interests. So I was like, you know what? This sounds cool. This sounds great. And it ended up being sick as fuck, obviously. So that's how I got into uh, Japanese cartoons. Cool. Um, well, you know, cartoons are gateway drugs to more cartoons. So <laughs> exactly, I'm not mad exactly. at you. Um, I might bring up that question later now that I think about it. But, you know, that one's a little bit more not even polarizing as it is annoying, but yeah, we'll cross that bridge if we get there. Uh, all right, so moving on, what made you want to go from gamer to gamer and costume design? Okay, so for it's, I feel like all of my answers are going to be about the same, actually, because <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's all because my father and my oldest sibling have always had those nerdy geeky interests especially my dad like i grew up with star trek star wars um and all like the steven spielberg movies like the jurassic park movies are some of my favorites they are just a wealth of actual quality material you have no <laughs> idea how rare that is like don't get me wrong i'm not saying a lot of people who you know watch too many cartoons whether they're from japan or not have terrible taste and you know can't comprehend the difference between okay writing good writing and this makes no goddamn sense but you're starting off with some high quality shit that's rare Kudos to your upbringing. <laughs> Thank you. My dad raised me right. Like, my mother was, like, complete opposite. She's not interested in that. But my dad has always been interested in that. And so I grew up around that a lot. Like, I've seen... Like, I think I saw the Jaws movies. Like, we had a DVD collection of it. I think I saw them when I was, like, probably, like, seven. I've been growing up with those, like, movies... Like the mummy movies also are one of my favorites from Can when I was growing up. I still miss him. Yes, I miss him every day. I miss him. Oh, and just so we're clear, <laughs> no, we don't hate chubby Brendan Fraser. But no, as we all know in Hollywood, stand. there are different roles that people can get based on if they're skinny versus if they're, you know, a little bit bigger. That new yes, movie he absolutely. did, that's not his actual frame, which is kind of kind of crazy to think about it. They gave him a mm -hmm. fat suit and he was already chubby. And the mm -hmm. movie's even called Whale. It's actually yeah. a good, good-ass movie. And also, mm -hmm. it, it, it shows you, hey, this is what can happen and this is what can go wrong, depending on how mm -hmm. you value your health, both internally and externally via the people you love and care about. And I'm trying so hard not to spoil it, but man, that is a good movie. Yes, it's definitely a really good movie, and I would recommend that people watch it. It's nice to see him doing more things. But besides the Brendan Fraser point, <laughs> um, I also grew up with my dad being a thespian. So he's been an actor doing community shows since he was like in high school. So I have grown up around fine. What was that? Does he voice act by chance? No, he does not. But he does like sing in like musicals and things like that. 
It would be cool if you voice acted, that'd be insane. But I grew up in a fine arts background and I started doing shows with my dad when I was like 10 or so. So combining that like love of geeky sci-fi fantasy things, combining that with my love for art and fine arts in general, really kind of tied in to cosplay because that's like doing both at one time. It's not LARPing, but it's like kind of both at one time. And so it really was just my way of being able to enjoy all the aspects of things that I like to do and just have it all combined into one little like ball of fun, pretty much. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't hate LARPing or LARPers, but I even mm -hmm. I know that there is a lot of layover. If you really stop and think about it, what is a Renaissance fair except a big medieval role play convention? <laughs> Exactly. I've been to a couple of Renaissance fairs and they're really fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Uh, pick your favorite game is always a hard choice. So how about you just tell <laughs> us your top three and why you like them? Okay. Um, let's see. Besides Bayonetta. Okay, fine. I guess we can leave Bayonetta out of that one. Um, let's see. Well, they're not in any particular order. These are just some of my top favorites. I really found that I really enjoyed the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I really liked that one. <laughs> like, the open world aspect of it and, like, the um, art style in general was, like, very interesting. And there's just so much replayability aspects of it like i'm in my second playthrough of it right now just to like run it through completion and it's always fun kind of messing with like the game mechanics to see if you can make it glitch out and freak out in a different ways <laughs> entire channels of people who just abuse yes. <laughs> the freeze time mechanic to just literally throw themselves from one end of the fucking map to the other. It is ridiculous. Exactly. I love those. I follow a couple of those um, like accounts that do that. It's just so funny to me. Yeah. So I really liked um, Breath of the Wild in the soundtrack is amazing and it's just a gorgeous game in general. Um, let's see other games that I like. <laughs> okay. This might surprise some people, but Undertale, I fucking love Undertale. Like I, I was can't a tell huge if you're being Undertale sarcastic fan. or not. There are literally not, too many serious. people. You're there are too many serious. people that are obsessed with that with that game. It literally <laughs> spoke to a generation that didn't even know that they wanted that, which is crazy to me because I, I hate to say it. I don't know how old you are, but I realized that basically almost anybody who grew up with 3D only gaming. Anytime they see 2D, they don't even see it as a new game. They see it as someone trying to um, bring back an antique or make it retro. It's like, no, it's just a new game that happens to be 2D. Every game that's 2D is not mm -hmm. inherently retro. And yes. Undertale found a way to go grab those assholes. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's fucking impressive. Nobody's ever done that to my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, well, first of all, I'm... 23 going to turn 24 here soon so i don't know if that tells you about how i grow up what was that are you a new year's baby uh no i am a february baby <laughs> oh okay so yeah not too far off then not too far yeah pretty close but um i just really like undertale the fandom i would agree that it's kind of like off the rails fucking crazy but 
Undertale, it's it's true. It's true. Like right now, the Bayonetta fandom is literally in Inferno right now. We're all it's like the nine layers of hell over here. <laughs> but whoop, sorry, I almost dropped something. Um, my I really like Undertale because I mean it's has very well written characters and it is really funny and just enjoyable the soundtrack fucking slaps i really 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 liked undertale like i fucking love that game and it will remain one of my favorites for like ever deltarune is kind of it's the spiritual successor of that, that but full game it, i, I thought it was just like an episodic thing i can't tell it's an episodic thing only i think like two or three of them have come out at this point but it's in kind of like the same universe as Undertale. Toby Fox does an amazing job with like world building, character building and everything. I would say. Coming friends um, with the guy who made Smash Bros, which, as you know, he's a generation one or really a generation mm -hmm. two um, game designer, which is that's a good, a good, pretty good place to get information from. Yeah, he does some shit yes. that is occasionally a pain in the ass. But the era <laughs> where a game developer was literally a game director was literally also a programmer. That's pretty much mm -hmm. dead and buried um, unless you do indie PC stuff. So mm -hmm. that's a pretty good resource to be able to, you know, talk to. I'm still a little bit annoyed with how he handles shit. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a really cool mm -hmm. guy, but I think there's a disconnect or at least maybe a, an obsession with money with how slow yeah, he turns sure. out content because he has enough money and he's making enough money off his games to get a full functioning team or studio, but he's still doing solo. So that tells me one of two things. And again, I'm not saying I know this man's finances. So I think it's either A, <laughs> hypothetically, he spent all the fucking money as soon as he gets it. And he barely pays for anything outside of, you know, um, publication and uh, advertisement and, or option two. Uh, he is one of those people who's hyper obsessed and has to have his hands on every little meticulous thing and doesn't realize, you know, that can actually hurt production efficiency. But technically, much like myself, he answers to no one. So, you know, mm -hmm. he may not even see that as a negative. I don't hate to do, but those are just my theories just before, you know, anybody tries to and fucking kills me. <laughs> if any Undertale fans go for your throat yeah I I can understand that I don't really like look at the um, behind the scenes aspect of what is going on with Toby Fox's brain necessarily but I just really enjoyed Undertale and I do recommend it to people even though the fandom is cringe and was overrun by young people for a pretty long time but it's really good yeah I know, I'm a young person, but I mean, like, minors. Yes, I'm young. <laughs> I'm young, but I would say, uh, I would want to argue that I don't have the younger people mindset as much. <laughs> so, I hope that makes sense, but yeah, Undertale, highly recommend. Fucking love that game. Uh, and... What was that? Yes, the last one is going to be... Um, God, it really is such a hard thing to decide. Let's see. And I don't want to say something super basic. So then people are like, oh, it's just one of those, those chicks super basic tastes. You can say taste. whatever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. 
I'm trying to think of like games that have like permanently imprinted on my brain. Okay, well, this might be a basic answer, but I'm still a massive fan of the first The Last of Us. I loved that game. It was just phenomenal at the time when it came out. Like, it still holds up graphics-wise, like, really, really well. And it's just such an interesting world that was built around, like, the apocalypse. Like, and the designs of the zombies are something that's, like, you haven't seen that before. And it felt, like, very original compared to all the other, like, zombie films that you have seen or just media in general of like what zombies are and I really liked that the they took the very realistic aspects of like the parasitical um, plant-like organisms that kind of take over like small animals or just plants in general and like make them like zombies and using that science of real life things that happen in like real life and like putting that into the zombies and having them look the way that they are like oh my god the clickers are just phenomenal just so gorgeous and just uh just big nut for that just uh amazing <laughs> <laughs> okay well um hey uh, you yes. know i appreciate your honesty and to be fair you know most of those are considered or going to be considered some legendary tales as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah i got no problem with that you know last of us to me was a good game the only true problem last of us had is that you know false advertisement in the trailers but a lot of everyone mm -hmm. gotten over has gotten over it by now and obviously mm -hmm. the second game and literally corporations trying to pretend like everyone loves the second game like mm -hmm. no, no people have legitimate issues if you if you set yes. a high bar with your narrative and story writing which is one of the main driving forces behind playing a game outside of the new generation who just want instant gratification and gambling fortnite shit but mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that there's always been people who enjoy movies and books and they want games that remind them of movies and books narrative. And then you go to number two and it's like, oh, so you just going to sit up here and decide to shit on it because one mm -hmm. person who's not even a fucking writer told you this was a good idea. And then you want to get mad when people didn't like it. It's like, no, did you not see Game of Thrones? <laughs> it doesn't matter exactly. how you feel about what you did. It matters how the audience felt. But, For sure. Yeah, like, we could be on that shit all day. Um, it's so true. Might as well get into the thing that, well, you're famous for besides being really tiny. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Bayonetta 3, the everything. Yes. Okay, so I don't really, I kind of sort of meant that literally. That wasn't hyperbole. I'm curious because mm -hmm. outside of, I want to I want to say Raccoon, because me and him, we're actually homies. He's crossed over on some of the... Uh, stuff on uh, the channel and vice versa yeah. on his channel. I love him. He's such a sweetheart. <laughs> he, he, he He's a simp and, you know, yes, unfortunately sure. he is a, what I like to call a, you're like everybody's friend, adorable simp. I like, I can't even be mad at him for simping. It's like, trying to be mad at Raccoonity is, Raccoon is like trying to be mad at a puppy when it's sleeping. You just can't. Exactly. He's such a sweetheart. Like, I just want to, I, I want to put him, put him in my pocket keep them for later it's ironic it's just for me it's just <laughs> i'm scared of what can happen if he doesn't understand the difference between having a crush basic level attraction and legit being a simp because again 
I know a lot of good boys and I know a lot of good girls and they're still good people, but they will end up in some terrible ass relationships because they literally can't stop simping. But at the same time, the motherfucker in Australia <laughs> and I'm in Chicago. So, you know, even the girls I would love to introduce him to, I can't necessarily do. Um, but yeah, <laughs> fucking love him to death. He's always been, a, he's always a homie to me as far as I'm concerned. But um, yeah, so I wanted to initially talk to him and ask him about it, but you know, shit just so many things that could have gone right and so many yes. things didn't, which is so sad because <clears throat> there was so much potential. Let me ask you something. Now, you know, going to band at a one, there was mm -hmm. no legitimate co-op. They just had random ass mini games at the end of stages, which I fucking hate Angel Attack. I hate it as a concept. <laughs> I hate that it's not separated from stages. I hate that there's no way to turn it off unless you buy the PC version and get a fucking mod for it, right? But then they mm -hmm. got the two, and I guess I got spoiled with the co-op. Because one of the mm -hmm. biggest things and letdowns for the 3D beat-em-ups... Yes, I said 3D beat-em-up. Yes, I'm saying <laughs> action game. Yes, I'm saying hack and slash. Because character action yes. is not a fucking genre or a thing. It's not even a coherent description. That don't. I'm, I'm trying not to get myself started, but I have to say that because there are so many people who just look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them, you know that this genre already had a name, right? Character mm -hmm. action is not a genre name. Will they put it on the Game Awards? So? I've never heard of that term, actually. I've always thought of Bayonetta as a hack and slash or a beat-em-up. Yes, and here's my favorite part. Everyone is acting like it's accurate, and that's what disturbs me. Or they want to use speak the fact that someone else they heard say it means that it's accurate. It's like, no, you're literally describing confirmation bias. <laughs> if you if a, if a thousand people say the earth is flat, that doesn't mean that the earth is at, well, I guess I better go cut off 90% of my body real quick. No, <laughs> it's still going to be fucking around. Exactly. Spoiler alert, the earth is not flat. <laughs> they, had, they had a best character action. I was like, you know, I used to not regret. I used to regret when I missed the trailers and commercials, because let me tell you something. When your award show's biggest draw for me is trailers and commercials, you already fucked up. Mm, that's true. Um, and then there was somebody who bombed the stage. You know, I just, I want the memes at that point. That was, that was funny. <laughs> Rabbi Bill Clinton. Um, wow. So yeah, that shit was crazy, but no, I, I, I have no respect for the award show and nothing about it isn't corporate. I've actually seen the ownership structure. It's literally owned by giant gaming corporations. That literally means that there's no chance of authenticity ever at that point. But you know, that's enough beating that dead horse. So I really do hate the story, but I think that's like saying the sky is blue. However, there are also people, you know, they will, they won't necessarily shill, but they will go out of their way. They will go out of their way to try to rationalize terrible behavior. That's mm -hmm. what I hate. And that's why I like that. I don't know. I was raised the way I was, or I've been able to work with people in teams and whatnot because there's a difference between the team thinking and needing and knowing hey this needs to be fixed versus someone feeling like they're getting attacked and berated because they have a difference of opinion and that's the biggest problem because everyone wants to say this bullshit of hey you know just because he likes something that you don't like or just because you think something is terrible or it's not made correctly and coherently doesn't mean that it's true you should respect difference of opinion no 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 i respect differences of opinion 
when they don't try to present mm -hmm. their opinion as an object of fact, or they don't try to mm -hmm. use it as an excuse to get away with terrible behavior. I don't technically care if someone thought it was a good idea to vote for Trump on paper. Your first time, your excuse. Oh, I don't think it's a good idea. I'll be upfront about it. Fuck you guys who voted for Trump. <laughs> you could cut that but out if you timers. don't want it. Oh, in no, there. I'm not cutting shit. You know how I do. Um, um, the first timers. I, I forgive them on some level because the first timers, you got to remember, they had to deal with three things. Number one, we saw the entire system manipulating it. So Bernie had no chance of getting the presidency when he literally could have got the presidency nomination for the entire DNC. Then we mm -hmm. saw the Benghazi shit. Now, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but here's the really weird part. Apparently, of all the people whining and bitching about the Benghazi report, one, I'm one of the only people I know in this entire fucking state that read it. The actual report, and man, it was a bitch. It was like 800 pages when printed. And two, it wasn't actually Hillary's fault by herself or intentional. It was a legitimate accident. But it was being framed as if she was responsible for it and it was being used against her. And then no journalist would talk about it or ask her about it or get her to explain it. Then also, she had the quote-unquote email server problem, but that was a non-issue. But again, what did left-wing, no, sorry, what did right-wing bullshitters want to do? They want to use it against her and say she's hiding stuff and, you know, tax evasion and tax havens and blah, 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 blah. But she would never answer any questions about it. That's actually something she's been doing since, like, the beginning of her political career. If there's a question <laughs> that makes her look like an idiot or is a mistake and she just can say, hey, I fucked this up, she will just not say anything and instead of trying to answer it. That, and she has over my entire lifespan or damn near of doing that. So because of that, it made her look horrendously shitty, even though by all accounts, yeah, she's a better candidate than Trump. But saying you're a better candidate than Trump is like saying you have shoes, it's not saying much. Yeah, yeah. But but all that compacted and and then he claimed and then he had the lies that every person in GOP upset, uh, pretty much knows no one ever actually does. They just do what I like to call performative lip service. He's going to quote unquote drain the swamp. He's going to quote unquote get rid of those tax havens, tax loopholes that he even acknowledged. He knows for a fact the Clintons use because remember, he was homies with them until he started running and mm. on paper. Boom. And then he said, oh, we should have free health care. Boom. On paper, if you just think that what someone says when they're running for presidency is the only thing you should judge them by, he looks like he is basically an orange Bernie. Mm. However, it takes less than five minutes, maybe just two minutes of realizing, no, he's the furthest thing from it. This is essentially an actor who got a position he should not be in. Mm -hmm. And I get that. However, where I where I have the disconnect is when people try to rationalize bad behavior. That's my problem. Now, I'm not going to say I sat up here and had long winded ass fights. I have, but I don't pick them. I can't tell you how many people want to defend everything that happened with Luca. Yes, we're starting with Luca. I know mm -hmm. that guy who's barely ever important and he's basically comic relief. I'm not even mad mm -hmm. that he got Bayonetta because first off, what did we learn? These are alternate dimensions. So he got, as far as I'm concerned, shitty Bayonetta. In an alternate dimension gets shitty Bayonetta. They already kind of implied that they might smash. It's one of those, oh, I'm teasing him because I like being an asshole. I, I hate I don't I won't say I hate girls like that. I hate dating girls like that because I feel like you're trying to use being an asshole in a playful manner as
mm. quote unquote a way to bond and i hate that you think that that's one of the smartest or best ways to bond with a man no telling me oh is that the best you can do when you're already enjoying yourself and i don't necessarily mean in the bed i mean in general no matter what's going on is not a good way to bond that makes me want to throw you out a window but Bayonetta has that personality, and I'm not going to lie, my dumb ass has dated many a woman who kind of sort of act like that, so I'm not going to sit up here and be a hypocrite. But Luca's entire storyline made no sense. First and foremost, remember, even though Luca has a pilot license, or at least we think he has a pilot license still, according to Bayonetta 1, Thule is hidden from humanity, and mm-hmm. you can't see it unless you essentially get close to it. How in the actual fuck did he get to Thule? Also, which Luca even is this? There was no plane and there was no form of transportation to Thule. So that means that the only other possible way that motherfucker got there is through an interdimensional Genunga Gap portal. But here's the thing. That implies, yeah, I can't say that word without laughing sometimes too. That implies <laughs> that he even knew that those portals existed or that he had dimensional access, which they've stated he fucked didn't so how in the absolute hell was he there and why the hell was he hiding from Bayonetta because they show his shoulder patch in that one fucking cutscene was he just following mm-hmm. him he's like hmm what's the best way for me to make a dynamic entry the whole time no there's so many things off with Luca as a sp- yes yes uh okay well First, I would like to mention that the way that Bayonetta's personality is in like one and two and like kind of in three as well is just she's just a confident person, confident with her sense of sexual self and sexuality and that carrying that confidence with herself and being comfortable with herself and her body doesn't equally mean that she is like she can have a minxy personality and be flirtatious but that doesn't have to do with anything involving the people around her she's in love with herself and how she carries herself and it just comes and spills over into the way that she speaks so i would argue that any of the people who say the things where she's being flirtatious with Luca, well, they're not also looking at the fact that she says those same similar things to the angels when she's whooping their asses. She talks to that, like, talks to everybody in that sense. And so women's confidence and their confidence with their sexuality and self should not be seen as anything other than that is what i would say but to get into luca yeah luca has never really made sense he's never really been an important person in any of the the uh games i would argue like the first one he's just there to like go and fuck around like he's literally not there for any reason yeah bayonetta accidentally killed his dad what was that Yeah, acts like he is comic relief, but he's not even a good comic relief to me, in my opinion. Like, Enzo is more of a better comic relief than fucking Luca is. So, like... Yeah, exactly. Like, Rodan, 
I love him to death. He's amazing. And I love his voice actor as well as English voice actor. Love him so much because he also voiced in one of my other favorite games. So it's so nice to hear him and glad that he's returned for three. But um, besides that, Luca, even though like Bayonetta was supposedly the one that killed his dad in the first one, like that still didn't matter at all to the story. He was just there so you could see how Bayonetta interacts with like humans in general I suppose like and he was there w with like little Cereza being there but like he really had no part in any of the stories for any of the games like he didn't fucking matter about any of it so and just how he comes into three yeah it was like how the fuck did he get there in the first place i thought this place is only made for like lumen sages and uh umbran witches so like how the fuck did this guy get there um and why was he hiding the whole time because i i don't understand and like why did they set up the relationship when he wasn't even in the game for like more than like two minutes tops of like screen time until they forced that like relationship in there just we went uh, through the gallery stuff and the gallery actually somehow <laughs> not even just luca the gallery made me hate the entire structure of the game more <laughs> because there's so much shit that's explained mm -hmm. but i have to go and find this shit in a stage when you could have just told me because you got to remember there's a difference between the um the uh red grave notes uh, mm -hmm. versus how they handle shit in Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 1, red grave notes. Bayonetta 2, red grave notes, right? Mm -hmm. Bayonetta 3, bro, there's literally like journal essays, like someone intentionally decided that they wanted to make a diary about their <laughs> daily life. And mm -hmm. literally it has nothing to do with any form of development. These they, it's literally sometimes brings up shit that would be a fun little noti notification Easter egg, like with mm -hmm. the accessories, and they try to blow it out into its own little mini story. I shit you not, I found the one of the first ones I found um, with um, uh, uh, Japonetta. There's that the your first time you're introduced to turning your time backwards and mm -hmm. making Cereza a teenager, right? I went and got that when I was inside of a building and I read it and I was confused as fuck. Maybe there's a secret code in here. It was literally about her challenging that version that the 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 yellow Uma Thurman Uma Thurman John to <laughs> Kill Bill a, to a karaoke <laughs> Kill Bill John into a karaoke contest and a dance contest and how she's truly the ruler of Shinjuku or Tokyo. She is the greatest person in Japan when it comes to the entertainment districts of Shinjuku and Tokyo. How the fuck is this important? It's, it's not, not important. important. It's, it's the thing. It's, it's not, not important, important at all. Bro, but what? the other diaries oh from like, uh, well, the journal entries in one and two, those ones are actually like, they apply to the lore. They actually bring more like stuff to the um, background in like the ambiance and environment of Bayonetta and like adds to that world that you don't get to see much of because it's not an open world. So like this whole 
Bane and a three, those journal entry diary things, like they don't add to that structure. Like nope. we don't really care. And then well, when it comes to the enemies, we like, don't care. We barely even get an explanation. <laughs> or if you really want an explanation of how the enemies can do some of the shit that they do, or even Luca, you got to go into this fucking gallery for shit. I'm like, so Luca's been moving around the dimensions because the wolf can carve through dimensions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then how the fuck does I'm he know where to go? Yeah, I mean, like, and how the fuck does he... I just want to know how he even had the, the wolf powers. Like, when was that? When did that happen? Has he always had them? Why did they only come out now if he's always had them in that dimension? This is why I love common sense. Also, I do hate the name because common sense ain't common. I, I love when I meet <laughs> someone who's got common sense because that tells me that you can separate between what you like and if something you like fucks up, you can have a son, you can have a daughter, you can love them unconditionally. That don't mean they won't fuck up. That don't mean they won't shit yes. their diaper. <laughs> yeah. And, and then everybody was like, oh, if you don't like it, you're a hater. I was like, if I hate small or certain aspects of anything in media, that doesn't mean that I want it to burn. It means that I'm acknowledging there are fuck ups. The easiest way to fix a fuck up is to start with acknowledgement and that's mm -hmm. unfortunately what's too common people want to play the gatekeeper game but they want to act like they're inclusive i can't tell you how many times i've had a conversation about insert anime thing here insert video game thing here where i said oh yeah i love this thing too but this one part was kind of messed up or shitty what's your take mm -hmm. on it fuck you you're a human piece of shit because you don't think like i do blah 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 i'm like oh yes so fuck me i'm an asshole i thought we were having an intelligent conversation because even mm -hmm. though we both like this thing we came to different conclusions which is the spice of life and you decided that oh i'm somehow some piece of shit because you're a gatekeeper not me well let's see yeah. um i have and i and when that happens i i know it sounds really messed up but it's really fun to say because there's no way for them to get around it i just look at them and go well i have overestimated your maturity say that next time somebody <laughs> tells you you're a piece of shit just because you don't like something that they like go ahead just watch them try to find a good mm -hmm. reaction oh my god i love watching the suffering i it's just everything is worthy of criticism whether it's something that is seen as like a really good thing like everybody likes a certain thing that doesn't mean it's not like without you know issue yeah exactly you can criticize things like for instance i really enjoyed the attack on titan series but i have a lot of criticisms with it itself so just because i really like something and like i really like bayonetta but i think that it's still worthy of criticism and looking at things critically can help you kind of like learn and you can learn and mentally grow from things because if you look at things with an open mind and try to see both sides of the like arguments for aspects of things you can learn from both parts and then like figure out your own mental thought process of what you think about certain things. So I would argue that everything is worthy of criticism and nothing should be like turned off from that. Like everything can be criticized and should be criticized to a degree. So people just need to understand that. Like I'm not a Bayonetta hater and I'm not necessarily a Bayonetta 3 hater but I am a Bayonetta 3 criticizer because I believe there's a lot of criticisms and critique that can be made with Bayonetta 3. 
and the other two beta is of course they have their own flaws and their own things that i have issues with so it's not exclusive to just bayonetta 3 there is issues with virtually anything these days so i could not have said it better myself <laughs> and and I, i'm not even going to try to top it i say other than that the only other two things i hate but this is more like a humanity or really a North American issue, or maybe mm -hmm. just a majority not comprehending what's going on with minorities issue. But um, mm -hmm. for at least almost 60, 70 years, and it's it's been documented indirectly, mind you, but some people are trying to, you know, put it all together. Like I literally know two companies trying to make a documentary on it. Apparently they're having a fight about release schedule because their products are so similar that they honestly feel like, you know, it might be an issue. I, I'm technically not involved with the project, but I just happen to know uh, the line producer, basically the guy who pays for everything in administration and the executive producer for um, both projects, uh, uh, three different people. And they're basically making a giant documentary or docu-series about how there's this problem when people don't want to understand that because somebody gets on TV or they say or do something stupid they uh, there's this automatic assumption in the plastic the entire organization and that's a fucking problem and they were doing it about mm. blm because well surprising literally nobody who isn't caucasian um whenever some group or organization wants to get together for civil rights or mm -hmm. respecting people and giving human decency the first thing that happens is when somebody fucks up within that organization or around that organization uh right right wing leaning media doesn't want to cover it the same way left does or anybody else with common sense the common sense people not just saying left because there's that assumption that everything is by that is a binary is like no we have over 70 registered fucking political positions i'm just saying left because mm -hmm. well it's very distinguishable left-leaning media will state no this person fucked up here's what they did they were even caught by other people within the organizations and they've been disowned and they're even pressing charges against them but mm -hmm. i forgot her name she's a douchebag fuck her she wanted to take people's money who wanted to respect and help get civil rights. So as far as I'm concerned, if you want to take money and uh, get away with doing shit with civil rights and organization money, you're one of the biggest pieces of scums to me. Um, mm -hmm. And the right covered is that, see, this is how black, this is how BLM really works. They're taking your money so they can go and have mansions and shit. I was like, ridiculous. Now, there's a term that I know a lot of people don't know what it means, but they hear it, hear it all the time with, uh, you know, volunteer organizations and shit. 501C. Are you familiar with those words? Yeah, I'm a part of a 501C3 nonprofit organization. Oh, well, oh, this makes it even easier. So here's the thing that people yes. don't realize about 501Cs. Number one, corporations don't actually give a shit about 501Cs. Nine times out of 10, they're donating because mm -hmm. they want the quote-unquote optics because they fucked up something or they want to boost up their money. Because here's the thing that people don't realize and it pisses me off and why I had to... Well, I fell out of love with the idea of helping and volunteering. Not that I think people shouldn't do it. So most mm -hmm. of those companies and big corporations that give money to the bigger foundations, yeah, they're not actually giving the money. They're giving them loans. Meaning they have to pay that shit back and they have to pay back more than what they lent out. So there's actually plenty of foundations, big and small, or, or small that got big or they got popular, they got a name and someone big flew in and, oh, they're going to give you $2 million on a loan. But guess what? You got to give them three back later. 
So how are you going to pay back that loan? So basically the money that people are donating to you doesn't even go to the actual running of anything. It's going towards paying off what they owe so they don't default or it's going to literally try and get everything running and instead of using that massive amount use very very small fragments of it so when it comes time to make a payment you don't have to worry about not being able to make it so essentially you just have a self-eating loan or an Ouroboros mm -hmm. loan like my old boss used to call it and that genuinely pissed me off so fucking much and when blm showed up there were so many companies that were literally trying to do that shit but what mm -hmm. people keep forgetting and they don't want to remember is that one blm is decentralized right so if it's mm -hmm. decentralized that means that the people who made it which you almost never see on tv because they'll shut down places like fox news for lying on them habitually that there are only certain people in charge in certain areas that's it. And also, they don't just take the money themselves. They literally keep a list of places to donate and send the money out to. So, mm -hmm. I see people all the time saying, well, BLM started off so nice, but it's so fucked up, man. You shouldn't give your money to them. And actively trying to tell people not to donate because this one person was trying to steal money, got caught by people in the company, got reported by people in the company, went to fucking mm -hmm. jail slash trial. And also is decentralized, meant to help a broad group of other different entities, including, you know, LGBT related services. Because remember, mm -hmm. one of the biggest founders of BLM was an active supporter of trans rights and shit like that. And people who wouldn't mm -hmm. even fucking pay enough of attention to vote for my civil rights or people of my tense civil rights are sitting up here telling people, hey, don't give these guys money because I heard on right wing media that there was an asshole who did this one thing. So this must be a representation of all of them. I was like, do you not see how easily that can be turned into something racist if you were to say a particular group of people? And it just doesn't register. They just don't mm -hmm. want to register that this thing is wrong, but this does not mean everything. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. it happened with Bayonetta and by extension, Helena Taylor and to more important extension mm -hmm. to me. But I mean, what the fuck that outfit was with John? Yes, that was a long <laughs> ass segue. <laughs> oh, my outfit. God. Oh, it's so bad. It's like once you got past the, the head, it was like they said, eh, fuck everything oh, else. It went south. It literally went south. <laughs> yeah. It's like once you stop going north, the shit went south. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, they're trying to bring back that. Or they're doing that hairstyle that's like, it's almost not a hairstyle. And, you know, I've seen librarians and teachers with it. It's essentially just keeping hair out of your face. So when you tilt your head down to read, nothing's in the way. I get that. Yeah. You know, and they, they found a way to make it look playful. And then after that, they just said, hey, let's. Hey, did anybody see that 101 Dalmatians franchise? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, no. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> but, oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to make it legally distinct. Okay, so don't put her in a black dress. Yeah, that black is kind of bad. Thing. Well, what color does John fuck with? Red. Oh, well, you know, that's cool. But, you know, let's put her in technically not pink. a different color from red. It's a different shade of red. Oh, yeah. Let's throw that on there. Hmm, what else can we do? Oh, for no reason. Let's do yellow and purple. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, let's make sure she's never playable outside of, what was it, seven situations? <laughs> like, the majority of the time you play John, it's for content that has nothing to do with the main story. Sorry, I got food in my throat. Ugh. It's okay. <laughs> 
I started laughing halfway through and it got stuck. <laughs> yeah, couscous will kill you. <laughs> but um, yeah, like seriously, fucking the 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 I wasn't I didn't have no issues with the sneaky mission shit. They found a way yeah, to incorporate like John okay. directly into the story. I was pissed that they didn't incorporate her directly into the story in two. I thought you was going to save John <laughs> at the halfway point. And then... Yes. Okay. You will have some stages where you're Bayonetta up top and you got some stages with John and Hell, Divide mm-hmm. and Conquer. Right? That'd be so awesome. Yeah. But that didn't fucking happen. So, nope. And here's the part that makes no sense to me. She was flying the plane. Oh, I'm going to go take care of these enemies that are all trying to come up here. I was like, why don't you just fucking go get Rodan to do that? Yeah, honestly. Beating up and beating up demons so he could make a new weapon. But then mm-hmm. if you saw him think about exactly. it, for some reason, I don't know if you noticed this, but Rodan, well, I, well, I don't know if you've seen it, but the really famous Rodan theory that's been on the internet, that uh, on YouTube, um, that started with me and Raccoon. Then he made his own video on it. And then he edited my video on it for YouTube. I actually made that. Um, oh. Yeah, and the other one where Rodan may be Azazel and talking about that, I did that one before mm-hmm. Bandit 3 came out. But Rodan has this almost like apprehension with fighting angels, but he will mm-hmm. fight demons no problem. When he fought them in one, he said, Look, you don't, you don't want to fuck with me. He pretty much just yells at them to get the hell away from him. And he only. Yes. Three of them. And he really doesn't really hurt them. He just brushes them away with a giant fucking metal bat lamp post. So. Yes. Yeah, like they, they established real quick okay, Rodan is a powerful motherfucker. He is infinite. Yes. Then in two, he essentially only kills demons, don't talk to them, gives them no mercy in that one time where they really just want to emphasize hey, guess who the strongest motherfucker still is? The guy who stomped so hard he took half the HP off of a fucking boss. I was like, yes fucking h christ he could probably kick jesus's ass um yeah absolutely like and it sounds comical but it's actually probably true i mean it's a bayonetta universe it is not that far off of what you're doing his power is infinite <laughs> but i'm like so how is bayonetta when i was like oh yeah that's right technically having infinite power just means your power is inexhaustible it doesn't mean it's forever growing so i was like okay that makes mm-hmm. sense but then here come and, and then that would be it so i'm like okay they gave us a co-op on and offline mode which i fucking love to death and bayonetta too so when i get to three i'm like okay how are they going to expand on this first thing mm-hmm. i start hearing through the um grapevine of which i'm probably going to edit this part out so sega is full of snitches but a lot of the older companies are full <laughs> of snitches but it's a weird way that they snitch they're not snitching like to giant media outlets or um I forgot that dude's name who's notorious for getting secret stories in North American and European. That's mm-hmm. another matter entirely. Me and Raccoon already talked about it. But uh, supposedly, they were trying to make this shit a literal open world action beat up situation, which would have been like the first in fucking history. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with because the reason a lot of people play those gamble, gotcha money, pay to win MMOs like um, C9 and uh, that other one that's really, really big in South Korea is because we don't have that for the beat up world. We don't. Mm-hmm. We're lucky if we get two games a year that aren't indie or trying to theme themselves after Streets of Rage or something from mm-hmm. the past and truly trying to, you know, innovate and elevate. And even if they are, mm-hmm. do they have attention? Right. 
So mm-hmm. to see something like that on the main scale, you know, have, you know, advertisement production dollars behind it. We was just like, holy shit. So that whole them making a brand new engine thing. Yes, that's true. And as we know, engine prices inflate based on if they're 2D, 3D. So, mm-hmm. you know, they could have spent over a hundred million or they could have spent a shit ton of money on the engine for Bayonetta 3. But here's the thing. Um, supposedly they were trying to make it open world, but it, it was taking too long and they couldn't actually fucking do it. They were essentially trying to make, well, everyone says it, Astro Chain 2 before Astro Chain 2, which we already know is in production. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But they were trying to make it an open world beat em up game. But the problem was uh they couldn't get it to run at a stable rate or standard that they like and instead of you know just segmenting it up like regular bayonetta or making mm-hmm. one giant world where you just go to different places and you can still go back to old places kind of sort of like parts of devil may cry um yeah they or were Metroid. just yeah they were just hell-bent on doing that but it failed and nintendo said okay listen here's a better idea you're getting it out at this point in time. Here's your window. Just do what you used to do. And that's why we got what we got. So, yeah, I might um, edit that part out because, well, I'm getting ready to have like John feels like someone realized during the end of production. Hey, um, what is John supposed to be doing? And it was like, yes. oh, shit, we forget. How could we forget her, the best friend? How could we forget the best friend? Well, you gotta look. You gotta look at it this way. Bayonetta one. What is John? The unnecessary rival you fight too many goddamn times. Bayonetta, oh my god, yeah. Bayonetta two. <laughs> Literally, she's a plot device. Um, yes. Bayonetta and a, and a, and a mini game character. Bayonetta three. If you're writing the story, you inherently know or you don't think to have John do shit. Like John's job is to show up in the beginning of a game and then be a plot device or move the plot in some way or be a lazy ass boss. And then that's it. And that's probably why uh, it's like Final Fantasy 15. I don't know if you realize this or and I, I honestly say this as if it's true, but they obviously won't admit it. But I feel like it's true based on literally me reading and watching these interviews. I don't think they remembered to put a magic system in Final Fantasy 15 until they were being interviewed and people asked them, what is the magic system like? Because if you play Final Fantasy 15 or at least the original version, you know, the one Square Enix wants to act like never exist. Um mm-hmm. Magic was essentially a throwing item. Literally, it was a grenade. That was it. That was literally yeah. it. I was like, no. Nah, Interesting. Nah. Yeah. So you get a spell, quote unquote, and then you can mix it with certain items, which could increase the power or the type of spell. So you got thunder, but you can turn it into thundera, not not thundercats, and then thundaga. And <laughs> that's actually what they call it. They called the lightning spell highest level thundaga. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And you throw it. And the enemies just get hit by it. There's no spell casting, nothing like that. But then they have the main character who has magical flying swords with him at yes, all times. Yes, Noctis. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, because, you know, you couldn't play anybody the fuck else. You had to get DLC to play the other fucking characters. Everybody started getting new abilities. And almost none of them had anything to do with magic except for one other person. So I'm just sitting up here like, these motherfuckers... Literally, and I just said to myself one day, these motherfuckers forget the concept of magic in a Final Fantasy game. <laughs> now, I, I know that sounds very, you know, 
uh, pessimistic and insulting, but to be fair, I'm allowed to be. That game took almost a full decade to come out, but on top of it, yeah. it literally changed into a different game with the same character. So then what was the point of even changing a damn name? And then they mm -hmm. changed directors and all this other shit. It, it was literally in development hell. Not as bad as Duke Nukem, but it was in development hell. So obviously some shit fell through the cracks and pretending that it didn't is, is uh, dangerous, as we've already discussed. Absolutely. So that's how I think they came to that conclusion. Now, um, with that being said, uh, I guess, you know, we've got our gripes out and discussed how the community needs to stop acting like everything is perfect. Let's uh, try to get to number six. What would you change hypothetically in Bayonetta 4 or Bayonetta 3 DLC? Like what thing would you change, alter, fix or bring back? Obviously, I would bring back Bayo. I mean, if you're going to bring viola up to be the bayonetta successor then that just ruins the whole point of bayonetta as a series if she's not there so i would just it doesn't bayonetta isn't a name it's not a title it's a name it's her name it's her personification that she has you can't just give that name to somebody else that's not how it works it's not a ranking title like general or like captain you can't pass that on to somebody else so like why would you try to do that and do that with a character that is completely different than the first original character that people fall in love with that made the game series the series that it is like you can't just you just can't change that like you can't bring someone so different away from the original character and just like force that in like jam that into the puzzle piece when it doesn't fit that just is ridiculous and like yeah exactly like i was playing the game and my wife was on the phone with me i was playing the game i finished it watched that stupid credit scene and like watched the stupid dance sequence even though it was gorgeous beautifully choreographed but I couldn't enjoy it because that ending was ridiculous. And then there's like that fight scene in like the like after the credits where you play as Viola. And I was like, I have to play more? Are you fucking serious? And so I didn't touch it for like probably three weeks because I was like, I can't do this right now. I am not in the mental state to play this. This is just ridiculous. Like... It's just, it's just ridiculous and like a lot of the big gripes that I had with Bayonetta 3 is just that they changed what made a Bayonetta game a Bayonetta game like yeah there's still the stripping and the powerful like monsters and everything like that and like the cool weapons and combat but like they changed all the aspects that made Bayonetta Bayonetta like the fact that you're not like fighting the angels anymore you're just completely doing something else and it felt like a bayonetta inspired game rather than a bayonetta game which was like a big reason why i didn't like bayonetta 3 was because it was just it felt inspired but not bayonetta it just wasn't bayonetta to me and it might be like a purest way of thinking but like what i fell in love with with bayonetta in general was just the aesthetics of it and everything just fighting the angels being a powerful sexy witch fighting scary biblically accurate angels 
and everything and then like having the like still elegant serenity vibes of bayonetta one and two and just to like throw that out the fucking like window was like insane and like I missed it so much playing Bayonetta 3 that when like that last part when the two other Bayos come in to help fight and then you see the original health bar, the design of the health bar in the original two games, I like literally was in tears. <laughs> I was like, oh my god and I was freaking out and then like every time you would have those tiny little sections where you would actually fight angels again, I was like, yes. This is Bayo. This is the Bayo that I love so much. I miss fighting the angels. I miss this so much. I miss the halos. I miss it all so much. And like, it just, I would change virtually everything about Bayonetta 4. I would change that. I'm fine with the like demon masquerade summons and like fighting with that. Like, that's pretty fun. But I would change basically everything else. <laughs> I wholeheartedly appreciate your honesty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the soundtrack was good, though. But, um, yeah, I would change basically everything else. <laughs> um, well, for me, it's since, you know, uh, since we're technically on the subject, I'm going to keep mm -hmm. it brief so we can, you know, burn through the rest. But they did do a public acknowledgement and also tried to calm and quell certain people but i didn't touch the game for literally almost a full ass a full ass month after i mm -hmm. finished i'm still confused yeah. why there's a little purple square in the bottom right of the dance sequence with a silhouette of bayonetta doing the exact same moves that bayonetta's doing on screen i don't know why the fuck that was there <laughs> it was really weird yeah i've even talked to people who didn't like... even notice it um but so Quote unquote, Bayonetta will be playable and in the actual Bayonetta, just so we're clear. Bayonetta uh, 4. Um, supposedly, Rodan, much like in Bayonetta 1, went down to go get, or somebody showed uh, Viola how to go down and get uh, Luca and Cereza. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, they acknowledged. They didn't want to say, hey, we really did fuck up the story. There was a public acknowledgement where they basically said, hey, we did realize that, you know, the story may have come off somewhat convoluted. No, bitch. No. It was. It didn't come off that way. It was that way. Yeah. So, so but essentially, Bayonetta Cereza is going to be back. Um, this whole title uh. thing makes no sense and it came out of nowhere. I totally agree. Yeah, you're going to mm -hmm. see more of Viola, but if they do make a game with Viola, they acknowledge and said, no, it won't be Bayonetta. If Viola is the star of a game alone, it'll be a, a side story. I'm going to be so pissed if she gets a side story before Sir, uh, John. John. Yeah, I mean, like, John, I need her to actually have a story. I want to know about her. Like, she was going to be the one that was going to be the holder of the, what, the left eye. Like, she was up for royal standards. So why can't I know about and she has cutie J. I want to know more about cutie J. Like, what does she do as cutie J? She doesn't seem Jay like the person who gives a shit. You know, cutie J is a beautiful Joe reference. Come on now. I know, but I want to see more of cutie J. She's just, I want to know more about Jean. There has to be more 
to her than what they're letting us see. It, it There is, but I'm scared for them to do it based on what I've seen them do with three, <laughs> which is a weird exactly. thing to say, because the people who view who've done and dealt with the characters the most are the people I trust the least with it, which is a frightening situation to be in. Um, and yes, up to raccoon John's guns are not from 500 years ago during the V grid war. John's guns mm -hmm. are modern. In fact, John's guns are more modern than bayonetas. Bayonetas are based off of like a Gen One Generation One revolver or pistol. Yes, yes. These guns look like the equivalent of a fucking Desert Eagle, damn near, or a, mm -hmm. a nine millimeter. Bump. You know what they look like? They look like the Cycle Pass guns from like the Cycle Pass anime and manga. They look like that. Yeah, yeah, and and which mean and also. She didn't have a relationship with Rodan at all. Yes. Yeah, so who made those shits? Exactly. And also, she has a fucking pilot license. Also, she's a teacher. I want to know about that a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I don't I don't know if you've seen it um, because, you know, looking up people in J Japanese is kind of hard on Twitter. But the actual mm -hmm. person who drew Bayonetta um has a bunch of pictures and references that's why a lot of people were i don't know if you saw it they were talking about the outfit she was wearing in the beginning of the game yes so long story short that outfit is from when bayonetta was mad when uh, she was when they were asked about bayonetta and Cereza's, you know relationship and personalities after bayonetta won and the first thing that they said was fucking they live together yeah, exactly. No, they it live really together. wouldn't work out because, you know, uh, John is a slob and, um, you know, Bayonetta is very mm -hmm. organized and, you know, very prissy, for lack of a better term. And yes, exactly. She was wearing that outfit while she was pulling the cover off of John, who had been sleeping all day and the house was a fucking mess. Yeah, exactly. And like they said that um, John's the type of girl where she just throws herself in bed while wearing her makeup, probably out drinking really late and then. Bayonetta is the type to take care of her skin, do skincare, take the time to put on like nice pajamas before going to sleep. Like, I want to know more about their lives so much. Whether it's like just pictures, like if it's in in story pictures, not necessarily. It doesn't have to have cutscenes or anything, but something fun that you can like yeah, look at. Yeah, she's been she's been drawn. She, there is um, one of her as a teacher. Yeah, exactly. Like, I believe she teaches third grade or second grade. Um, and they also did another one. I can't I can't remember, but it was oh, I, oh, I, I remember um, essentially da Dante and Bayonetta know each other. But as per usual, because yeah. legally they can't say anything um, that mm -hmm. they, one day she went to the bar and she started playing strip poker and they drew it. <laughs> but the guy she's playing strip poker with is Dante. And just mm -hmm. to make it look even more like Dante, what I'm saying is Dante, they put a strawberry sundae on the table. <laughs> yeah, so they know that they people are interested and they've had golden opportunities, but just random fuck ups. And it's just so yeah. fucking weird. Also, apparently, yeah. hypothetically, this isn't confirmed. All those other bananas that died are no longer dead, including John. Well, she better be fucking alive, but when she comes back from being, you know, dead, she's going to be pissed. She's going to be like, where the fuck is she? You mean to tell me this is Inferno? She's in Inferno right now for this guy? Oh, it's going to be so fucking mad. 
I mean, I'm mad. I would be the same way. Like, I went to my friend who doesn't play Bayonetta, but after I finished it, and I was like, listen, bestie, I would never let you get killed and go to hell over a man. I would never do that to you. And she said, thank you. <laughs> she also was equally pissed off when I was telling her all this stuff with, like, Luca and all this stuff. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Bro, and then they still never explain where the fuck did Bandana 1 and 2 Bandana go because they didn't fucking die. Yeah, where did they go? They did some little I'm in high heels spin and then the camera and then the scene cuts away from them and they just magically disappear. Yeah, they just I just wanted, I have so many questions and just like one of my biggest gripes is just how can Bayonetta I know it's different timelines, whatever people get, stop being angry, but like just Bayonetta is still extremely powerful. All versions of Bayonetta are extremely powerful, but how does a man-made thing kill a woman which that can fight literal gods? How does that happen? How can a human person who can't even walk, first of all, he doesn't have abilities to be outside of like his little like chamber capsule thing, right? So how can he be powerful enough to kill Bayonetta? Like that doesn't make sense to me. And how can once stabbed through the chest kill John when John has like in the first one, what those like big copious amounts of rockets were like sent at her and she survived? And went to space anyways. How can she survive from rockets. But then get skewered by this guy. And then. That's it. That. Unless this universe Bayonetta. Is like super weak. Compared to the other ones. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And it's just. I want it to make sense. Give me a reason why she was able to be defeated by this the sooner, man-made thing. The minute a writing standard can be established, the sooner we can fix <laughs> issues like these. But telling Japan we want a writing standard in video games, which notoriously have had writers who have no formal training to do something like that is crazy. Now, this is technically yeah. off topic, but um, back on Metroid... Fun fact, Nintendo of Japan did not even know that fucking Samus was a fucking mercenary until 2000 and I believe, <laughs> no, until 1999 or 2000. Oh my lord. They were Jeez. calling her a space adventurer. They didn't know that the translation nope. team made her a mercenary and they didn't know what the fucking job was. Jesus. I mean, they didn't they decide pretty like last minute to make her a girl also? Oh, no, that was from the start, but they purposely misled people. So that's why instruction mm -hmm. manuals list Samus as a he. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Samus is a very interesting case study. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... Uh, um, again, uh, there's nothing really essentially in that that I fucking disagree with. So, that being said, what is your dream costume build? What is the one thing that you would pay or make yourself if you just knew you had the raw materials and it's always in the back of your head. Okay, so there's a lot of Monster Hunter cosplays I want to do because, like, Monster Hunter builds are, like, fucking insane. So it's so hard to pick which one, but, like, 
got any of the Monster Hunter like weapon and armor builds, I would love to do. And then of course a really good quality Bayonetta 1 cosplay with like the whole weapon set and just like the detailed cat suit. I would love to do that. And also a really good Jean cosplay from Bayo 2. One that like really looks really good and not really cheap tacky red pleather that looks ridiculous. Yeah, I actually do know people who've made it. Um, the only reason they haven't made it out of leather is the fucking cost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, okay, well, how much you looking at spending? Well, on average, I spend like 300, maybe 400 on an outfit. Okay, well, how much is, you know, legitimately biker leather, John? Oh, like close to 13,000. Oh. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I would settle for something like fake leather, like some sort of pleather material, but just something that doesn't look like god awful because like pre made really cheap costumes they just aren't doing it for me i'm really picky about how the cosplays look so i just want something really good and finding a way to attach scarborough fair onto the shoes in a way that's still they're functional where you can take them off without it taking forever would also be really nice <laughs> Um, well, the heel situation, I actually do know how to fix, despite me being a boy. Um, hey, engineers... Oh, en congrats! Look at you! Smarty! Well, it, it was just a matter of me knowing the right people. Um, I mm -hmm. won't bore you with the details, but long story short, the reason a lot of cosplayers have issues with trying to get the, you know, the high heel gun situation straight, and they just result to, like, gluing it or taping it in place with something clear is because they don't have the proper slotting mechanism for yeah. it. But engineers know how to do that and do it very easily. Like it costs, I think it said less than $60 to get the raw material to create the slotting system. I was like, well, so why don't you just do it then? I was like, I'm a guy. No one comes to me <laughs> and says, hey, can you make Bayonetta heel slot inserts for the big ass guns? I was like, oh, I was like, huh. I guess you're right. No one actually would think to ask you. It was like, yeah, I could even make it so the gun never actually touches the ground, but it just looks like it does. I was like, huh. Well, I'm going to keep well, this in I my back pocket. You should definitely, like, I think that there's a lot of really talented um, crafters in the cosplay community or outside of the cosplay community. There's a lot of very talented men out there. And, like, the guns that I got, my Scarborough, Scarborough Fair guns are from Sunny Sama on um, Instagram and they are very talented and the guns the problem with my guns which there isn't really a problem but the problem is that I'm extremely small and my guns are like the size of my torso so attaching those ones to shoes is going to be like basically half of my calf is going to be those guns so I would need a smaller set. I didn't realize how long we've been. In oh, nice. <laughs> so you know that person? Yeah, me and Sunny live in the same state. Um, oh, that's cool. On top of that, I was also trying to get a 3D printer or 3D modeler um, recommendation from him because he said he got busy with a lot of uh, requests. And I was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. what you making? Oh, I'm making some Bayonetta guns. Um, I'm going to throw them on my Instagram. Well, I actually had a fan slash friend that 
I am really close with, he actually wanted to gift me a commission set of Scarborough Fair. And those were the ones from Sunny Sama. So I didn't get to directly talk to Sunny, but I I would love to talk to him and like let him know that I really appreciate his work and they look amazing. But uh, I didn't directly commission him, but if I ever make like all for one, which are Jean's guns, or if I make any of the other sets, I definitely want to reach out to him in the future because they look amazing. And um, it was really fun painting them myself too. I was happy that I was able to do that because I love painting. So <laughs> I'm legit going to see if I still have his number. Oh, well, I'll definitely want to try to contact him. I've pretty sure like he's seen the post that i've made about it but um haven't directly say, gotten hey, you know one of your clients um want to see if they can get some alterations or some more stuff from you can they contact you yeah i'll definitely do that the minute we're done um also oh, awesome. don't say it out loud but uh you know re uh check the discord text messages that aside moving on um <laughs> okay <laughs> uh all right so Anything in life in particular that you're doing or want to promote and whatnot, this is when you would theoretically drop me a link or I'm going to show something on screen that you want people to look at involving you or just, you know, plug your socials and all that shit. Um, well, uh, I guess you can follow me at uh, Peachy with an IE Clover on Twitter, Instagram, even in Facebook. I have that as well. And so you can just get my cosplay content. I did just create a YouTube channel, a Peachy Clover YouTube channel, because uh, I have uploaded a, a few like handfuls of things here and there that um, I have done like unboxing for the like Bayonetta Bloody Fate Funko Collector's Box and a Q&A with my wife. And there might be other future stuff on there as well. So feel free to look at that. It's Peachy Clover on all platforms if you're interested. <laughs> Okay. Well, if you ever need an editor or some other shit um, with uh, animations and openings, you know, feel free to look me up. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, I feel like I'm partially going to regret this. There's no wrong answers, triple X or not, but uh, current guilty pleasures. My current guilty pleasure. Well, I mean, it's not guilty because you should be able to enjoy things in life without feeling bad about it as long as it's not hurting you or other people. But uh, the cheesy Fiesta potatoes from Taco Bell. I fucking love those. They're just really fucking good. And it's like currently my like cocaine right now. It's my kryptonite. I have a weakness for the cheesy Fiesta potatoes. <laughs> I don't really uh, partake in like substance, like drinking or like any sort of like recreational drugs. So this is my way of um, getting my addictions out of the way. I also have a sugar problem, like an intense sugar problem where I just inhale sugar like Kirby, essentially. So... <laughs> That is the most fucking PG-13 answer. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Oh, I don't believe in substance abuse, but I'm giving myself diabetes really slowly. <laughs> yes. 
people can do whatever they want with their lives, but I am not the type of person that does anything really um, fun. I just that you're not doing it. I just didn't think there would be it would be that wholesome. Oh yeah, I mean, especially coming from like a bayonetta cosplayer, probably not. But I don't do much. I just stay in my house all day long, and uh, I eat copious amounts of sugar. Like I have several boxes of different candies in my bedside table for various times. Um, I have like a sugary drink of some sort every single day, probably about like ten times a day, because I have that problem. I have like are you, a. Are you seeing a doctor about this at all? I have gone to the doctors and like there's nothing wrong with any of like my vitals or anything like that. So uh so far I'm doing okay. I always say I could be doing worse. It's- yes, I I won't get diabetes, I promise. I pinky promise I won't get diabetes. If I do, that would just destroy me cuz if I can't have like cake and sugary things, then like I don't know what I'll have left after that. Because <laughs> we got a member in the podcast who got diabetes and didn't even realize it till he blacked out going into work, and he's six foot three, so theoretically he can consume a lot more sugar than you. And I know he's not even in his thirties, so you you kind of. I'm watching out. I promise. I'm being safe. I promise. I'm safely consuming things. I promise. Kind of, sort of. I don't drink water like I should. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you should definitely get the base water to run shit through your system. Um. I yes, will say yes. this though. I mean, we're in that era where there's a bunch of alternatives to everything. So you mm-hmm. might just want to start investing in the sugar alternatives. And I don't mean oh, glucose would buy a different name. I mean like stevia, for example. Um. There mm. are literal natural sweeteners that are they're going to give you a sugar high, but it's not going to be made out of the same shit. So just saying, you know, mm-hmm. I would prefer you make it to my age, despite me barely yes. being older than you. I would prefer you make it to my age. Um, But hey, you know. Yes, I promise I'll be safe. I do enjoy the natural sugars that come from like fruits as well. So I do eat healthy when I need to stay away from pineapples though um I'm surprised oh, you didn't I don't say like nacho fries though because man them I hate to say it but them fucking nacho fries at Taco Bell I ordered them by their damn self they need to come in just a fucking bowl they're good yeah there was actually at one point I just recently tried not sponsored by Taco Bell by the way but um we <laughs> I tried those like they had the nacho fries but they had like basically toppings on top of it so I had like like Ground beef, nacho cheese, uh, salsa, not salsa, God, what the fuck am I saying? Uh, guacamole and sour cream and all that stuff. So it's like basically carne asada fries, but Taco Bell version and not carne asada meat, but those were fucking good. So uh, I don't know if they're still All this them, food, you good. tiny bastard. I know. Actually, Honestly, I have really um, poor eating habits, not just what I consume, but I don't eat as much as I should. But uh, all my things, my tininess is genetic. It's, it runs in the family. Like, for instance, my father is like 5'5 five, five at most, and my mother is like 5'2. I'm the shortest in my family, which isn't saying much because I am 
yeah, I mean, everyone's short in my family. So, and then like my tiny frame also is like a genetic thing. So I do work out, but not work out to lose weight. I work out to gain muscles and things like that. Flexibility also. Or get into protein. <laughs> yes. I mean, I burn through like food very, very fast. Like fast metabolism runs in my family. So kind of what it is for me eat as much as me i hate short people that can eat as much as me i don't know why that offends <laughs> me it's weird i know i understand a lot of people have that um feeling about shorter or smaller people that can just like consume a lot of food and then it doesn't look like it's like goes anywhere it just goes straight through them pretty much oh, i totally understand sense, like, i've had that sort of i'm big i'm six foot and i was oh you're tall <laughs> Eh, depends on who you ask. Um, I ironically <laughs> had the same problem you that for a different reason. Here's some stupid shit. My dumbass mm -hmm. didn't think to ask my own fucking doctors and health professionals if I'm under or overeating because my weight never matched what people said I look like. Now, I don't have mm. body dysmorphia, but I did have a condition, uh, you know, for most of my life where I called dumbass forgot to ask a fucking doctor. Um, I'm sure there's a shorter way to say it, but I don't know what it is. So my dumbass who forgot to ask a doctor believed this shit, just took random people on their word, not factoring in, hey, listen, because of your natural genetics, you actually are under eating. Mm. The reason you're plateauing when you work out, the reason you feel tired isn't because, you know, your heart's filled with artery clogging, tasty goodness. You are low energy and technically a little bit malnourished. Mm. You literally need to eat more and you need to, you know, stop worrying as much about da -da -da -da, this, that, and the third, you know, come talk to us. Me, mm -hmm. who was raised by a fucking retired nurse. So someone who knows medical shit yeah. better than most people. And I'm, and it didn't occur to me, talk to a doctor. So I'm sure you haven't heard it, but back in my day, one of the fat insecurities, and no, again, not doing an insult, it was actually called that. There were fat insecurity mechanisms that were common to the point of them being, you know, on mainstream TV shows and shit. One of them mm -hmm. was big bones. Big bones are not a thing. If you got big bones, you have a disease and you might die. But there is something similar to it, but that's obviously not the medical name. It's basically mm -hmm. uh, bone density. Or bone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So something happened around early 2000s where the majority of the average bone density in North America shrank for males and females. And it was terrible. It was a bad idea. Weaker bones is always a bad idea. So because of mm -hmm. that, certain light people are lighter than they really should be because their bone density is trash or it's just mm -hmm. it's become the new average, which is bad. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't have that problem. In fact, I got it the opposite. My bones are denser than the average by almost... There's two-step, just max power for your bone density. Yeah, and, and I my bone density is almost twice what that original average was before it sank down. Interesting. Yeah, so because of that, I, ha I have a 36 waist. My stomach is literally flat, you know, but... If I step on the scale, I come up as 240. 
And this confuses mm. the fuck out of everyone around me. Because why is this guy who looks like, you know, he got scraggly arms until I lift something heavy. And, you know, his legs, they ain't chuck, they ain't chunky. Why is this guy 240 pounds? Mm -hmm. And it was literally my bone density. Interesting. But here's the thing. I didn't learn that till I was like 25, 26. Oh, no. <laughs> so I have to wrestle sometimes with am I overeating? and gonna get obese or am i you know trying to compensate for my lack of a uh, good eating habits or eating frequency from back in the day because i was one of those dudes who i ain't gonna lie i was one of those dudes who would load up a ridiculously big ass meal that made no sense for someone to consume and then i pretty much don't eat the rest of the day but i didn't feel like weaker you know and if i wasn't going to exercise i knew i didn't need that extra energy because I just let it naturally, you know, crap out at the end of the day. Yeah. Is it healthy? Technically, yes. But it depends on how it's done and also the actual person and the personality. Everybody's different. So I'm not going to sit up here and say, just because I did something, someone else should do something. But you, on the other mm -hmm. hand, it's more like you should probably eat as much as me because you may get a little bit taller. Not a lot. I want to keep things realistic. You may get a little bit taller. And also, you know, you may actually... uh you may actually find it easier to develop. And before someone makes that dirty, I mean muscles. Muscles. I do need more muscles because uh, poor health does run in my family. Like, um, I suffer from chronic body pains, like muscular pain, because of shit running in my family on my mother's side. So um, I've been going to um, physical therapy at various points and times to uh, strengthen the muscles in my back to um, kind of help with that widespread body pain that I have because it's all centered in my back. So, like, I do frequently go to the doctor. I'm glad you're being proactive about it because I know a lot of people, yeah. they don't realize, oh, you're hurting yourself because genetically you're predispositioned. And they just go, well, nothing I can do. Like, No, there's a lot of shit you can do. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I can make it hurt less, then I'm going to do everything I can to make it hurt less. Uh, but my mother is, like, the opposite, where, like, she has the same sort of issue, but she never wants to, like, work out to try to fix that. She will just rely on, like, prescription, like, pain medication and things like that. So that's not the kind of life that I want to have. I'm happy to hear So it. I've been trying to do my best to do what I can to like help my body the best that I can because like uh, my odds are not very great from what it's looking like by my health standards that's not saying that I'm gonna die in the next 20 years but I have not been dealt a very good hand when it comes to my health and body health in general so I'm trying to do the best that I can but I know it's not also, it's kind of counterintuitive for me to like consume the amount of sugar and not eat the amount that I should during the day. But it's also kind of hard to break that habit because as I was growing up, um, I grew up less fortunate with money. So fine. we grew We've up. We've all been middle class or lower. Don't worry. We ain't rich, judgy yeah. assholes. Yes, I grew up in the lower class, um, grew up with like government housing and like um, government food assistance and all that stuff, like my whole entire life. 
And so I Actually, have that's usually what causes it. It's because it's not even because you couldn't afford it, it's because you never learned what you can do once you get money with your nutrition. Yeah. Like I, I totally understand. Yeah. And based on your specific problem, I actually have some well they're not quick fixes the best fix is you know patience understanding and you know remembering to eat but i do have some things that'll actually mitigate some of that eating problem you have but uh, i'll wait till we're done yeah i um i'm used to my body is like used to not eating very much because i didn't get very much meals growing up so i have grown accustomed to eating small amounts and so now like all of my friends and like family and like my wife make fun of me like saying that I have a, a bird stomach like I have such a small appetite where I can eat such a small amount of food and, and then I can go on the rest of the day like pretty much without it that's the problem and I've been there too um yeah, we'll yeah. Definitely, I'll definitely uh go into it once we're done you know the internet does need to know about uh too much uh, medical stuff yes so if anyone's looking at my body and thinking, oh, I want to look like that, just know my body is unhealthy and there's a lot of things I want to improve with that. And so I don't want anyone to hear this and take that into consideration that they should do that because that's not something you should do. I acknowledge my way of eating and my way of taking care of my health is not the greatest. So just a disclaimer, I don't want to be responsible if you decide to do something that is not good for you i'm glad you mentioned that um yeah well uh you know i wish you the best of luck in your recovery slash attempts at making getting to my age a lot more peaceful and graceful um yes <laughs> all right so moving into the next thing uh what are you currently playing like what games float in your head currently so it's funny that you mentioned Final Fantasy 15 because I have been playing Final Fantasy 15 for the first time. <laughs> yes, I'm playing the PC version. Uh, my wife is a really big fan of Final Fantasy 15. It's one of her favorite Final Fantasy games. So I've been playing that on behalf of her request. So, and it was on sale at the time on Steam. So I've been playing Final Fantasy 15. I haven't gotten to touch it in a while because I've been like super fucking busy, but I got Final Fantasy 15, but I also um, recently got Persona 5. So been playing Persona 5 a little bit lately. <laughs> my wife likes the Persona games a lot too and I've been like told that Final uh, sorry Persona 5 is pretty good so I've been trying that I haven't gotten very far in that one oh, uh, oh but what well, I won't spoil mainly... it for you but I'll tell you this have you ever in your <laughs> life played a fucking RPG that insults your intelligence so much that they tell you how to beat a boss while you're playing the game and you can't turn it off no, I haven't, but I am so looking forward to it. <laughs> well, um, the last game that I've primarily been playing, besides um, trying to go through my hard mode uh, Bayonetta playthrough for Bayonetta 1, uh, is I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise. So, been enjoying it. Uh, no, I have the Switch version, unfortunately. 
So I could get it on my PC, but my PC is like super fucking crap. It's a Windows 7. It's running real slow. It barely runs Final Fantasy 15. Okay. I don't know if you know this, but Windows 11 can run on that machine. You might want to at least update the operating system. It's pretty cheap. It's like maybe. <laughs> yeah, my PC is very old. It was gifted to me. So uh, it's quite I always do old. internal upgrades. If you don't know how, I can walk you through it. But you can install newer operating systems. You don't have to keep seven. Yeah, I do definitely need an upgrade. I'm just uh, cheap and I don't really set up my computer as much as I would like to these days. So I will eventually get to it. But I have been playing Monster Hunter Rise on my Switch. So I've been having fun with that. You have no idea how many of my friends have been wanting to get me to play Monster Hunter with them. And then mm -hmm. there's a Black Friday sale. I got the entirety of Monster Hunter Rise, including that new shit, Sunbreak, for like 40, oh, nice. 40 bucks. And the first thing Ooh. I found out, everybody's I know is playing on the fucking Switch. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks real bad. Damn, I'm <laughs> being punished for getting a new machine and wanting to test it out. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, uh, moving on, um... What are you currently watching besides Chainsaw Man? Uh, well, I have not been watching Chainsaw Man, but I did read the manga, which was really good. I It's one of my favorites, I would say. I haven't caught up with where it is animation-wise. Um, same thing with like Spy Family. We have kind of caught up on it, but we have been reading the manga as it's been coming out. So... Um, I mainly read things Someone now. Someone who actually remembers to read. Yes. I only really have the time to read because uh, I take the um, train to work, like the public transit to work. So I have some time. So I usually end up reading. Um, I'm from Portland, Oregon. Oh, yeah. They, got, they actually got a pretty good train system out there. That's saying something. Yeah. I actually respect their train system. And I'm from Chicago. We usually shit on everybody else's train system. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad <laughs> that ours isn't entirely shitty. I mean, it's kind of shitty, but it's not the worst that it could be. Out there. Nah, that would that, but, that title goes to Michigan, but that's another story. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I've never been on the East Coast before. Wow, that's surprising. I mean, I again, I grew up poor, so uh, I definitely didn't have the chance to go anywhere. Like I just visited the Philippines and that was my first time out of the country and my first time traveling alone and my first time traveling outside of the West Coastline. So much fun and made great memories. Yes, I did. It's very fun. But um, what I've been watching right now is uh, actually when I was on the plane for several fucking hours. I started watching The Boys on Amazon Prime. Not sponsored. Oh my god, how the fuck are we not friends? I know. Like, I've been recommended it so many times. Like, everyone's like, oh my god, Clover, you would absolutely love this. This is, like, so up your alley. Because I love superheroes. I grew up with superheroes. And I also love gore and horror and just like fucked up things in general it's like that's just how i grew up and that's just what i love and so they're like you would love it you know to each his own for <laughs> me it's more of i hated the idea of the eternally angelized superhero yes let's be honest you and i both know 90 percent of the people 
who if they get if got superpowers 90% of them would be acting like they do on the boys we absolutely. know absolutely i totally agree it's, and it's because well and it's not even just because well absolute power absolutely corrupts no it's because they're terrible human beings to begin with them being super doesn't help the, that's the thing people don't seem to understand like all those people who claim they quote unquote love freedom no at this particular time i'm not referencing the maga fuck boys i mean people in <laughs> general who think that they should be allowed to do whatever the fuck they feel are literally some of the most dangerous people you'll ever meet in your life because the fact that you think that way is frightening because you want everyone to think that way you've never lived in a place where bandits could run through and kidnap your sister and you never see her again until 20 years later when her sons come through that bandit camp again to kidnap somebody else's daughter. You've never been to a place where someone could be taught how to fucking shoot a gun and that they should hate some people that they've never even met before they learned how to read if they learn how to read. Don't sit up here and tell me you want humanity to have absolute freedom because all that means is you're spoiled and you're arrogant and you never thought it out and you're a sociopath. So when I yeah, see Homelander, I'm just like, this is exactly what the fuck would happen. It's very true. Like all of these things are very realistic, especially with like how um, people like to idolize people like that are in power or that are like popular and famous. They put them on such a high pedestal and they like wave off all of these things. That's like shit that should not be like just brushed aside and so it's been really good the boys is really good i wish i got into it sooner but right now i'm about to finish uh, season two and i do really really like it oh man and so you're on season two well mm -hmm. three is going to be a major turning point for you yeah, I've heard that three is when like shit goes absolutely crazy. It's already been like pretty intense. Well, uh, let me tell like, you what they mean by that. It's very entertaining. Yeah, let me tell you what they meant by that without spoiling shit. So if you've noticed, okay. we primarily only focus on the big Avenger superhero group and the people that they directly affect and want to kill them. In yes. season three, it starts being more public. They start getting more public notoriety for their terrible behavior. So, mm -hmm. uh, we start learning what happens when, you know, regular society has to choose between worshiping an asshole or trying to stop this asshole. And I don't mean anyone mm -hmm. in particular. I mean the concept of superheroes. Mm -hmm. So that one, and it even feels like they got a higher budget. But yeah, season three, a lot of people, they don't love or hate it. Everybody loves it. But some people feel like there were some missteps and some people feel like other characters got too much attention. It's it's a mixed bag, but it's not bad in any sense of the word. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm very much looking forward to it. I've been enjoying it thoroughly, so and it helped like the several 14 hours that I had to sit through go by fast. So, um. yeah. Glad, glad you can catch it. Um, okay, so I know this is pretty very, very nebulous, but, you know, there's no wrong answers. Um, advice for people getting into cosplay. What are your, some do's and some don'ts? So, I've been cosplaying for 10 years now. Like, this year is my 10-year anniversary. I know. Goddamn. It's been a long fucking time. Uh, yeah. 
I was cosplaying when I was pretty young. Like it was like things in my room doing things and like taking pictures of like what I was doing. But like I would consider that as my start. I started going to like conventions when I was like 14 though. But um, my advice for people getting into cosplay is um, don't worry about the trends so much. Like I understand that cosplaying what's trending right now is getting reach it's getting um attention it's getting um interactions with fans and things like that it's getting um engagement that's the word that i'm looking for i understand that it's getting that but really cosplay is supposed to be a hobby it is supposed to be self-indulgent you should do things that you want to do you should cosplay things that you want to cosplay because this is a hobby and this is supposed to be something that makes you happy so don't care so much about the trends and what's going to be getting the attention and engagement and just worry more about what brings you happiness. Like the Marie Kondo thing. Like, does it spark joy? If it doesn't, then throw it away. Just get rid of it. Essentially. Um, and also try to upcycle and thrift things as much as possible. There's a lot of waste out in the world that's just been really shitty and if you can thrift and upcycle as much as you can it's going to do some part in helping the environment around us and if you're not using a cosplay anymore then you should sell it somewhere or like give it to someone that you know would want to use it try to limit the amount of waste in the world um I guess I'm very environmentally like <laughs> trying to be conscious about things because that's usually what I do. Well, growing up in like a poor situation, I've always had like my clothing and everything like thrifted, but it's kind of carried on to my cosplay as well. Like, I try to thrift things as much as possible and like upcycle things as much as possible. And God, I am a scrap hoarder. Like I hoard scrap fabric and foam like a fucking hamster just like shove that shit under my bed and keep it for way too long so um and another thing i would say is uh hmm. i would generally avoid going to cosplay conventions alone especially if you are young always go with a friend a trusted friend so then you can feel a lot safer because there are some creepy weirdos out there and there are creepy weirdos that will try to like confront you and single you out if you are left alone so definitely go with someone bring your own food if you can like smuggle that shit in there because the food at conventions is way too goddamn expensive so they, they overcharge based on if there's a convention and then they want to act like it was always like that i hate that shit yeah. the most um I, I, that's pretty nice to me i would literally tell children hey bring a fucking weapon you can easily hide because there are crazy bastards everywhere but that, yeah there's crazy people and i'm yeah. in a unique position <laughs> because um well you're not me so you know there are problems that are unique to me which don't get me wrong i wouldn't wish them on you in fact i wish they didn't exist but they're gonna happen so i'm technically not a photographer but i technically do get commissioned for photography but i almost never charge people because despite how they feel and think 
I don't think I'm where I need to be or should be to be to get that title. So I usually end up doing shit for free or give the shit away once I'm done with it. Right. But I don't like practicing at conventions. I like to practice in real world settings because, you know, an indoor setting with the same lighting, except for when you're probably in a large hallway, you know, that's idealistic. That's that's idealistic settings. I want realistic settings. And sometimes I'm not even filming something. I'll just be in the menu system and there'll be a lens cap on. And I'll walk down the street in a neighborhood that apparently is too nice to have someone like me in it, quote unquote, and random motherfucker will come out their house or out there window and go, what are you doing here? It's like, you already started off on a bad foot. I got a better question. Why don't you explain to me why you, why you think I have to answer that? Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, shit pops off. So from like, I want to say 19 to 25 i didn't even bring it up or if i wanted to practice it would be on a compact like something you could literally Mm -hmm. stick into your fucking pocket right and then you know the same shit started creeping up why do you have a camera on the train i was like i'm going through the menu system i'm checking my fucking battery life are you Mm -hmm. taking pictures of me he's like no i'm going through the menu system and checking my battery life so I naturally get, I, I just told, I just told myself, okay, you know, there are a lot of things that, uh, Rodney King colored people can get killed over. Do I really want going through a menu system to be what gets my brains blown out? Because I'm from up North and because I'm from up North, we have this very specific, almost genetic thing woven into the DNA of minorities where my Southern cousins family members and you know direct and indirect affiliates don't have it's called hey if we gonna do this we gonna do this Mm -hmm. not to be confused with i don't give a fuck i wholeheartedly give a fuck i totally give a fuck if you've decided you want to try to end my life or get someone to beat my ass or murder me because you decided that you don't like my skin tone whereas you know southerners may say well i guess there's nothing i can do if i do something They'll probably get away with it and I'll get murdered and they'll probably get away with it. I don't have to worry about that up here. Not nearly as often or as much. So if we going to do something, I'm already going to treat it like it's a life or death situation. I am kicking ass of anybody who decides to call me whatever the fuck they going to call me. Because I'll leave you the fuck alone. Even if you racist, I'm not going to go up to you and start no shit. I mean, yes, it's fun to make fun of them. But I'm not going to literally stand outside your house on at 3 a.m. in the morning and just fuck with you. I'm going to mind my own damn business. Until you decide, oh, you thought I was a sweet little bitch. But when I'm in a camera minding my own business and it's like, Three out of five times, I'm like, nah, this is a little bit too risky. So I pretty much didn't do it. I literally didn't do it for almost a full deck uh, of almost a full five years until I came into a $4,000 kit. Right. Mm. And that's when I got back into it. And don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoy how nice and respectable the people are, even if they're like, you know, self-obsessed only fanners or whatever they want to call themselves. They don't come to me with anything intentionally venomous or negative at a convention or even in public because you know the world's just more social media these days but i get these issues where i have to tell people 
And one of the most dangerous things about being around me as someone who has a camera is literally being around me as someone who has a camera. Because one, there's going to be assholes who come around because they just want to try to get some ass. Don't get me wrong. If you're single, mm -hmm. someone else is single, you're consenting adults. It doesn't matter that you're at a convention. A convention is basically a fucking nightclub on some levels. I get it. I don't care. But there will still be other people, some of which who even take pictures and I've gotten them arrested, who are literally sincerely up to no good, or they're just straight up a fucking pedophile or hebophile, period. Mm -hmm. And just because I met them or I spoke to them doesn't mean that they're my homies. Because, well, if anyone knows my record of prevention of uh, non-consensual activities... If you catch my drift, I don't play that game, but that doesn't mean everyone's going to put a sign on their forehead that tells me, hi, I'm going to hang around you and I'm going to try to smash any and everybody around you despite their age as long as they give me a woody or vice versa or makes them feel wet for the females out there. No, they don't do that. And I really do hate when I can see someone be cool with them for years, come up to them a few years later, they want to act like it don't exist, block me on social media, don't want to talk to me because they assumed that someone who did something I condoned or knew about or I supported it. Do not assume the person you hang out with thinks like a fucked up person that you see them hang out with. Don't do that. But that's mm -hmm. that's just me. Because I've gotten quite a few pedophiles arrested. It is literally fun. I don't even say I do it because it's the right thing to do. It is. But I do it because I like ruining their day. <laughs> Ruin their, their lives, lives like, like they've, they've ruined, ruined other, other people's. people's. Yes, some people don't recover, not because they're dwelling in the past or victim mentality. First off, the f there's almost there are so many instances where you there you, you can use that word wrong. I don't even know why people risk that statement. But no, some people can't afford the fucking therapy. Some people develop sexual mm -hmm. dysfunction that could take years to self to self clear. Like it's not a it's not a one time thing and then it's over. It stays with you, from what I'm told. I'm me, so I've been able to prevent any chances that people did with me, you know, like a drop kick mm -hmm. can go a long way. Um, but, you know, I get it on some level, which is one of the reasons I actually try to, you know, help prevent it when I am able to. But then there's one person who I barely knew 10 minutes at one convention. And because someone saw him with me now for seven years, I'm somehow associated to being just like that motherfucker. And mm -hmm. that's that's not hyperbole. That happened. Oh, um, well, that's yeah unfortunate yeah that's that's people for you uh what's something you're looking forward to in 2023 um well i'm curious i wouldn't say i'm looking forward to it but i'm curious to see how bayonetta origins is gonna turn out because like what the fuck was that uh i'm very curious about that uh and i'm excited for breath of the wild 2 to come out and uh, I don't really have anything else <laughs> looking forward to in 2023. Oh, I mean, of course I'll be excited for Resident Evil 4 Remake. I just totally forgot that it is coming out in 2023. Oh my god. Exciting. Another thing to look forward to. Okay. What uh, ever thought about divulging a life story for the masses? And no, I don't mean like, hey... Here's your origin story. I mean, you ever thought about telling a funny story or thing that happened to you online on like YouTube or something? Not necessarily, because I don't feel like I'm the most like interesting person ever. Like I don't leave my house, so I don't have a lot of stories to tell. 
So, um, it's just mainly like sad, depressing life things. So I feel like no one really wants to hear about that and I don't really need to tell it. So maybe if I did more interesting things with my life and actually went out and did things and like had a reason to do story times, then maybe, but I have not really ever thought about it. Being like an internet personality, that's not something I thought about doing in the slightest. I didn't even expect people to even like give a shit about my bayonetta related things on Twitter. So it was quite surprising. <laughs> so I never thought about it. I do. It's just, um, well, I am extremely introverted. Like I am, well, because of the chronic body pain that I suffer with, I get very worn out very easily. So going out and doing things takes a lot of like, um, physical strength for me to do. So, and then it also takes mental strength because I need to, um, force myself to go out and socialize because I'm not someone that likes to socialize. I can socialize just fine. I don't have any social anxiety or anything of this sort, but I just get extremely worn out socially and mentally when I have to go out and do things. And I consider my full-time job, which is partially customer service, to be a social interaction. So it drains my social meter a lot so um physically and socially it takes out a lot of energy for me to go out and do things and go have plans and things like this year i've done the most things i've ever done like had the most plans i've ever had this year like i went to a breaking benjamin concert with my friend i went to a my chemical romance concert with my friend and then, like, I go to one convention a year, and that, that's about it. Sometimes it's two. Um, and then, like, I did, like, my Philippines trip and other things like that. Um, well, uh, I'm glad you, <laughs> you enjoy, you know, not so much getting out of your comfort zone, but exploring. Because there's yeah. a different, you don't, you can be an introvert and still want to explore. Um, I hate to say it, but museums and art galleries fill to the brim with introvert people because people aren't yeah. really talking in there but they're still there yeah um like we went to my wife and i went to when we were in the philippines we went to a museum it was gorgeous there and like i really enjoyed it it's just physically is a lot for me at the moment to go out and do fun adventurous things so maybe if i physically was dealt a little bit of a better hand or if my health was a little bit better then maybe I would enjoy it a little bit more but I am very introverted and I thrive being alone <laughs> well I mean the internet is the biggest the biggest isolation chamber that everyone's in simultaneously so yeah. I mean hey, at least you're learning basic social cues and how to hang out without physically being in the same space so yeah. you know don't get me wrong. I understand it completely, even though I don't have those same conditions. I've known people with them. So I always get, look at it like a positive. Whatever you don't do doesn't mean you can't or won't do it. It means you just might have to plan ahead of time 
doing it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you ain't necessarily got to take a plane, but hell, you fit on all the planes. Um, yeah, I I have literally only been in one room. plane, no, two plane rides my entire adult life where I actually fit. Fucking never forgot them, which is the strange yeah. part. You yeah. would think that that plane still being in rotation would mean I can get comfortably seated held to the note. If I'm not sitting on the aisle, I am in pain. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah. you take you take it uh, with a grain of salt. Life is a journey. It's not a contest. Yeah, I do like going out and like I do enjoy hiking. But like physically for me, it's a bit difficult to do hiking at the moment. But I love going outdoors. I don't like camping, but I love going outdoors. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah, the army kind of forced me to get used to that. But that's another story entirely. Um, <laughs> all right. Feelings on digital art. I feel like you know what I mean uh, by that. Uh, you mean like AI art? Yeah, that shit. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's shit. shit. Like, like in the bad way, shit. Like, uh, well, I have personal bias probably because I used to do like digital art. Like I used to create art, not just like through cosplay. Um, and also like my wife has like a bachelor's degree in like digital arts and like traditional drawing and painting. So like we have a lot of serious feelings about the AI situation. I can see why it was created, but I don't think that it should stick around, especially when there's a lot of hardworking, like independent artists, people out there that are trying to make a living and just trying to, well, get out there with their hobby that they love so much and like indulge in their own things that they love. So AI has just really, it's kind of like, it feels like it's just diminishing all respect for artists. Like people will be like, oh, see, clearly it's easy because I can do this with this AI system and just like diminishing the amount of hard work and effort that like people put into their art and all the dedication that they put into that because they can just beep boop buttons and like <laughs> type some prompts in there. I, I'm, sorry, which I'm taking I you seriously, but that was just really funny. Beep boop buttons. <laughs> the, yes, the 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 beeps and boops and the bops of the buttons, and like they could just like put that in there, and then like it's just it's depressing because it's also I guess people can look at it in the same way of like. Um, when big corporations, like clothing corporations, they steal ideas from smaller artists, like clothing creators, uh, sorry, designers, that they create an intricate design for their own like line of clothing. And then there's a direct ripoff being sold for like half the amount of money, half the amount of effort. And like, that's just such shitty garbage things. It's just ripping off of people's hard work banking off of like people's hard work and creating on top of that like that's like fucked up that's super fucked up just people slaving away to learning and dedicating their lives to these things and people capitalizing on top of that by like basically just stepping on them to get their own way by using a system that wouldn't be around if it weren't for like those like 
artists in the first place because you can't have AR art without like people creating art in the first place. Like it's just, I hope that makes sense. No, 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 it, it totally does. You hate okay. it. Uh, the the for the people listening, the short version of what she says is she doesn't hate it because it exists. She hates it because it's intentionally meant to do one thing and one thing only, which is destabilize and ruin the concept of the commission yes. artist payroll and also art on in online and in entertainment in general. Because the people yes. get a two year, four year and eight degree in things or literally just master their craft to the point where even without, you know, formal training, they're doing as good as people who are formally trained. They basically came on and said, fuck all of you. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get worse from here unless we stop mm-hmm. it. Exactly. Yeah. Short version. Yes. Short version. Yes. Uh, any do's and don'ts for people approaching you uh, in person? Well, um, uh, I am very small, so uh, do not approach me from behind. <laughs> like, don't touch me. Also, don't touch me without asking anything. So, um, don't approach me. F- yes. <laughs> don't approach me from behind. Don't do that at all. Um, don't ask me to step on you. As funny as it would be, my wife isn't comfortable for that. She's not comfortable with that, so I'm not going to do it unless you pay me a really good amount of money. <laughs> but um, don't touch me. Uh, you can ask. <laughs> Listen, never give them what they want for free is what I say. So if you want me to step on you, you have to give me at least a hundred bucks. Uh, so, man. And if you want me to sit on you, that's a whole nother thing. You're going to have to get to like the 200 range if you want me to sit on you. But never give them what they want for free. Oh my god. I'm just saying. It's true. But don't approach me from behind. And if you know my name, like my actual name in real life, don't call me that when we're in a public place. Because I don't like to have my personal information out there. Because there's too many creeps and there's a person I don't want to know where I am located. So, and you are absolutely welcome to call me Peachy Clover or Peachy or Clover. And you're absolutely welcome to ask for a hug or if you can touch my hands or something like that. As long as you ask. (laughs) What do you mean? Why are you laughing? I wasn't... Look, I I had no idea how this night was going to go. I'm not offended <laughs> in the slightest. I think this is fucking hilarious. I just didn't think it would be this fucking hilarious. Oh, is it funny? I, it might be a little bit funny. Is it because I went from, yeah, you can pay me to do that. A good amount of money. Yeah, that, yeah and, <laughs> and then, you know, well... I've been tiny before, but you've never been a giant, essentially. But it, you reminded me of so many other fucking tiny people that say, like, the randomest shit to me and expect me to just know, <laughs> like, and, I, and, I, and and it's hilarious. Like, I just remember this one time, a friend of mine, she, she looked at me dead in the face and she just said, Zax, how the fuck have I known you for 10 years and you forgot that I'm short? I was like, I didn't forget that you're short. Why do you think I forgot that you're short? <laughs> You just helped me do my dishes. Where did you put the dishes? I put them in the cabinet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, where am I? Oh, 
oh yeah no 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 let's <laughs> really drive this and hold your hand out and then she i held my hand out and she layered her hand on top of mine and then she went and got the whole hand it's like you see this do you see that discrepancy i was like yes okay now go and get all those dishes and put them under the sink i was like you know if, you know i fucked up but if this was any other situation I would literally, yeah, you would probably throw me out of a window. We know that's your favorite fucking catchphrase for short people. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like, you can't expect me to just immediately know, hey, these short people who live in this house don't put their dishes in the cabinet that's for dishes above the sink. They put everything below the sink. And at the same time, I'm kind of wrong for thinking that because... One motherfucker is five foot two and the other one is five foot four. Why would I think <laughs> that they would put the dishes all the way to fuck up here? It's I understand like if you're not used to a certain thing, then like it's kind of hard to like think in that thought process uh, unless you're actively like trying to. So you're just doing like a menial task of putting dishes away. So you just do it how you always do it. So I, I totally understand. Yeah, I and, mean, you are the size I was when I was like. 11 maybe 12 yeah probably i haven't been that height in a long time that was when mm -hmm. i would recognize women based on their navels because i was a fucking midget but yeah um <laughs> hey look when you short you learn people how you learn people and if y'all gonna have y'all yeah. crop tops and navels out i'm gonna see some navels so i'm like okay oh is there a lump that looked like a hot dog but it's got a few too many wrinkles oh this is sasha that one's kelly <laughs> Hey, I mean, I know you never thought about it, but if you stop and think, you can probably do it too. You can start to recognize dudes based on the type of belt they have. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I am like, my face is tit height with my best friend because she's pretty tall. So like, I, I, I could probably make her out by just like her tits at this point because I mean, I've always been that height like just right there so uh that's how it is for most people so chest height for most people and so i'm used to it but i'm also used to like looking up so and then my friends are there they know the top of my head only basically so it's a lot of adjusting but i would say in general for women approaching them from behind is probably a bad idea yeah i don't i, I would wholeheartedly no. agree I, if i'm approaching from behind we're in we're in october where i actually get to get to get away with pranking and punking out my friends not just the female ones in general but any other month i just fuck with my short friends by tapping them on the head then they threaten to end my existence and then i think it's adorable <laughs> and i know it's wrong but look I feel like if I've known you for 11 years, I've literally broken noses of people who decided they could do and feel up on you in any way they want to. I get to pat you mm -hmm. on the head and you get to threaten my life. It's just adorably funny to me. My best friend is, well, actually, how tall are you? I am 5'0". <laughs> I think you're taller than my best friend. My best friend, oh, no. <laughs> I literally spoke to her three days ago and she says, you know what? I don't know why you think the idea of waiting till I'm not paying attention and poking me in my belly when I'm eating is funny or that, you know, you pinching my cheeks when I'm not paying attention is funny. But, you know, one day I'm going to catch you. I was like, and I just said challenge accepted. It's like, no, I'm serious. I'm going to figure out how to catch you and actually hit you. And it might actually hurt. I was like, you have to think about it. Yes. Uh, and I see it. And I said the same thing. Challenge accepted. 
I'm perfectly fine with it. I know that I should not be doing what I'm doing. But when you're this tall and someone is that small, it, it gets that baby Yoda part of your brain where you're like, oh, everything you do is adorable. Did you drive yeah, to work I, today? You drove to work today. Yes, you did. Like I, It does make sense. It's like, I think there's a thing. It's like cuteness aggression that people have. It's like when something's just cute and small, you have, like can't help but like want to like squeeze it. And just like, I get it. I get it. I could see how people think like people who are cute are, I'm people that are smaller are cute. Like I get it. But I also am looking at it from like a different perspective because I am a small person in general. And I also had the people are like, oh, you look so cute when you're all angry. But as long as like people. I mean, I respect people, her feelings and emotions and boundaries, but it's still adorable even when she wants to murder something. Yeah, I can absolutely see that perspective. But as long as you understand that, as long as you take care, like, sorry, take the emotions actually seriously, then, like, as long as you're looking at it from that perspective, then it's okay. But remember, small people are still human beings, and small women Very sneaky. are full grown, like, small women are adults, and they should be seen as adults and not should. They shouldn't be seen as children, so stop being fucking rude. If you think, oh, anyone who's like a taller person dates a smaller, petite person, they're automatically have like really sus tendencies and like children. Like that's not the case if they're two adults. So stop seeing taller people as kids is what I want to say to people on the internet. Yeah, I, I totally. Yeah, it really is. Because first and foremost, um, numbers aren't even. And literally, if there was a one to one ratio and everyone was straight, numbers still wouldn't be even. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people die. And you don't know when they're mm-hmm. going to die. So, mm-hmm. you know, I won't say get what you can because that's a little bit too desperate. But I will say that you don't know what that other person who actually loves you not oh i'm with them because they're pretty and they have a lot of money someone who actually loves you as a person you don't know what they're gonna fucking look like a lot of shallow people will pretend that they're fucking you know they don't have shallow beliefs in the system but mm-hmm. unfortunately i learned through literal you know just unfortunate ability i have to be bored and go and look up what current scientific or analytical data is being collected or verified once it's going past the research phase and is in the verification phase. And one of the first things you find out is about North American women, or at least they didn't say that they did it in North America, but if it came out in USA, I'm assuming it applies to here. So let me just preference that for someone who says I'm doing a sweeping generalization. Um, A lot of women aren't actually taught to recognize shallow dating behavior in themselves, which is, blows my mind so i'm like so women don't tell other women and talk about hey listen baby honey uh that's actually a shallow way to try to look for a relationship that that conversation isn't being had and the answer Mm -hmm. was essentially hell (laughs) no well i was like wow that's you need to have friends that give it to you real like that's like you need to tell your friends even if they're in the wrong like actual real friends would tell you like babe you're not doing the right thing like this you should think about this better like 
it's really shitty for people who do just like they wholeheartedly agree with everything that their friends agree with and like always assume that like that's not realistic and you should definitely not look at your friends in that way you can have arguments and you can have differences and opinions as friends and it's better to like rip the band-aid off and give it to them like straight up that they're actually in the wrong about things because no one's ever going to grow and change as a person and improve as a person if you don't be real with them or if everyone thinks that the other party is in the wrong you gotta do some self-reflecting and your friends should help you with that self-reflection yeah and unfortunately uh, the stereotype is well everyone's too sensitive no it's more like people don't understand that literally a good friend and good friendship means that your friend is not your fucking fan like don't get me wrong yeah. if you're an actual celebrity not i'm famous on the internet no if you are fucking marshall bruce mathers the third aka eminem um you are gonna have friends that are also fans of what you do but if they can't say hey slim listen you got a <laughs> drug problem bro you need to go to rehab your family loves you too much and the world needs you too much you need to go. And if you don't, I swear to God, I'm going to do everything in my power to beat the fuck out of you until you do. Like, I would mm -hmm. prefer that friend over anyone else. Like, I told my, um, again, my best friend, uh, Raven, I told her not too long ago. I was like, hey, listen, I think the reason you and me work, despite having lives that are so completely different, isn't because we have similar interests. It's because I like the idea of having friends who are not going to bullshit me or understand when I'm joking with them. It's not, I think it's fun to get away with bullying people. Because I don't mm -hmm. think it's fun to get away with bullying people. I have beaten the shit out of bullies. One of my nicknames growing up was anti-bully. But I kept telling people, hey, people aren't in understanding that. Don't call me that no more. And, you know, they did it. But mm -hmm. I, I wholeheartedly understand, you know, oh, you think because someone's bigger than you, if you tell them the truth, they're going to kill you. No. Mm -hmm. If they get mad, let them. If they threaten you, tell them I'll call the fucking police right now if you ever threaten me again. Or mm -hmm. if you really can't salvage your relationship, tell them, hey, I told you the truth. You threatened me. We're done as people. You come up to me again, I will probably call the police. Do what you got to do. Because at the end of the day, I would rather have a clover that is alive with one mm -hmm. less friend than a clover that, you know, is being, you know, smacked around by whoever the fuck smacking you around and you not saying anything because, you know, you're scared of what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So that's just my two cents. Yeah. Yeah, real friends will be um, real with you. Like my friends had confronted me at one point when I was dating a really shitty person and they were the ones that kind of really got me to sit back and think like, oh, this is not a great situation. I really need to get out of this situation. So friends will make that, they will start that uncomfortable confrontation if they really care about you. They will get through the uncomfortableness and they will confront you if they really care about your well-being so they will make that leap for you so if your friends don't do that then maybe you should find some new friends i am so happy to see a technical not social media social media person actually say that <laughs> all right so uh well i mean do it how you feel do you have any messages to your quote-unquote haters um, let's see. Do you really have nothing better to do with your life than complain about what 
some 20 something year old is doing with their time like do you have nothing else going on that could be possibly more important than that because arguably i'm doing like not very much i could say some like some pretty like out there like hot takes but i mind my business so is that really like bothering you that much where you have to do something about it god the amount of people that like tore me up over the whole like situation like of my statements when the whole like helena taylor thing came out for bayo3 like holy shit yeah we did never had over that but to be fair most of it got resolved before this interview even happened i did exactly want to talk about it don't get me wrong i wasn't avoiding it it was more like well shit this got resolved i guess i need to change like six of my questions but yeah it's such an interesting thing like that's not something i expected to happen nobody expected that to happen i'm sleeping and i woke up i was sick as fuck and i saw one of my old co-workers from one of my old jobs texted me and she was like oh my god did you see this and i was like what is this and so i look at it and i was like what the fuck is going on she's in europe so she missed the whole voice actor strike situation she missed the whole north american writer strike situation that happened damn near what 15 20 years ago at this point and don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong i i understand it but the problem is is I don't want to say she has megalomania because that would be fucking rude. I don't want to say she's an asshole as a person. She even said, hey, look, I'm very non-conflictual as a person by nature. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we saw what she looked like. Look, she probably can't even lift 20 fucking pounds above her head. I get it. (laughs) You know, my, my issue is that she's trying to do something that the entire world or at least North America said no this is not up for discussion before she even got involved. Like I'm still trying to figure out who snitched and told her band that has made over $400 million because see, here's what you have to remember. People say, well, here's a lie. Here's the actual stat. She's learning about that. No, no. Physical sales are the only sales that are public knowledge for a company. Every other sale they keep private. Do they need to keep it private? No, but they choose to. Some say it's because they can duck and dodge certain taxes, which is bullshit because the government has to go through the public and private knowledge in most countries. Mm-hmm. And some mm-hmm. people say it's because they want to potentially inflate the valuation of whatever they have so they could potentially squeeze extra money out of some third party that may be interested in whatever, right? That companies mm-hmm. selectively choose when they announce how much profit something is made only in the beneficial statement with the exception of physical sales. So, if Bayonet as a whole has only sold 6 million copies or 10 million copies, um, no, that's not $400 million in profit. But Bayonetta is a fucking sub-franchise that is mm-hmm. co-owned or fully owned by Sega slash Nintendo. So, if they sell a book, they sell a toy, they sell a statue, they sell a shirt, they sell a DLC with Bayonetta. Someone wants to license the shit. That's still more money. Everyone likes to bitch mm-hmm. and moan about why does Capcom keep renewing the license for Darkstalkers if we're not getting a new game. They must just really be in a loop stuck making some one game kind of like Duke Nukem. No, it's it's way simpler than that. Because Darkstalkers as a franchise still makes money. Mm-hmm. Morgan as a statue, as a toy, as a shirt still makes money. 
She is more recognized than the franchise she's in, and I fucking hate it. I don't hate Morgan as a character. I mean, as mm -hmm. I've established, I hate that I'm attracted to, to those kinds of personalities, but that's a me problem. And, you know, women use it against me, but again, that's a me problem. But the issue is that people don't want to understand someone on the internet doesn't magically know everything that's going on at a corporation unless they're snitching mm -hmm. illegally. So, mm -hmm. I don't care if someone on YouTube tells you, well, Bennett only sold six million. So she's lying about them making 200, 400 million. Like, no, she's not. You don't know how much money Bennett has made in digital sales. Mm -hmm. Also, you don't know if those sales figures include digital or not. Because here's a very scary fact. And this is the main reason why DLC got popular. Like, well, right when you turn into a teenager. Did you know that when a game sells physically, the average profit a company receives from that physical individual sale is usually barely a double digit number? Like, they're lucky if it's $11. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. But when they sell the digital version, they just got to worry about taxes. <laughs> so for the same game on 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 physical, you're making less than uh, 80% of its worth. But for digital, you could go from 70 to some, in some cases, 80, maybe 90 for the same product. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why there are times where DLC can make more money than the game than the game did sales. You could have a DLC that's $1 and you know, everyone fucking buys it, but you got a physical game sale and you only made 11. There's, there's a reason DLC is valued as much as it is. It's because it's a direct line of profit damn near with very little in its way outside of basic taxing. Mm -hmm. And it's been like that since, you know, at least 20 years, maybe more. It's fucked up, but that's true. Yeah. But, you know, she is a classically trained Broadway or stage performer. Um, so I I don't know why someone would have told her that information. But Platinum has a history of doing shady shit if they know they can get away with it. Whether or mm -hmm. not they'll acknowledge it, they've had snitches in the company and they've had reports on against them showing that they will and does do shit. Everyone wants to blame things on Kamiya, but, you know, sometimes Kamiya's mouth isn't actually the culprit of a situation. Sometimes it's <laughs> other shit. Because remember, Kamiya's never been the president of the company. He's a creator mm -hmm. of it. He's a co-creator of the company, but he's never been a president. And yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was just, it was just such a weird, interesting situation. So I had half the people like, yeah, yeah. All I did was, um, I just made a statement that like, because of the video coming out, I'm not going to cosplay or talk about Bayonetta 3 specifically. I just said that. I only said I'm not going to talk about or cosplay from Bayonetta 3. That's all I said end of story and so i had like half the people like were like calling me like fucking stupid and all this shit that why would i believe her all this stuff and then the other half of the people are like yeah i totally understand i mean did you play the game what if someone just got mad at the game what the fuck <laughs> it was just like had that and then like as more information came out and then it like more information about what she said 
has come out. Then I had other people are like, I bet you feel real fucking stupid about what you said. And I'm like, quite literally, I just said, I'm not going to talk about it. And I'm not going to cosplay from Bayonetta 3. That's literally all I said. I didn't. I didn't say, I'm I'm canceling my pre-order or... I am continuing with my pre-order. Like, I literally only said, I'm not going to talk about it. And that's it. That's it. And then I had people, like, uh, I have, like, an anonymous, like, um, question thing that people can go through, like, in, like, my link tree. So I had people on there, like, if you actually fucking cared, you would, like, cancel your pre-order and all this shit. I had people, like, doing that. And, like, had so many people just getting, like, mad for all kinds of reasons and stuff like that. And then I I mean I mean I also made a statement because someone asked me like are you still going to be cosplaying from Bayonetta like at all and I said Bayonetta 1 and 2, yes I am, but all of my statements are subject to change cuz I'm waiting for more information. And so when more information came out and everything, I said that um basically um I don't regret supporting Helena at the time when the videos came out because I'd rather support a possible victim of corporate capitalism abuse than like just some big money corporation because they don't need my support. They don't need my help because they have like a million other people. They don't care if I exist, but if I can support a possible victim of this and something that has already been an issue with like voice actors not being paid in general like i'd rather support that than a company that doesn't care about my existence anyways so i don't regret voicing my support for her at the time when it came out so people just find reasons to be like really upset but i just said my opinion and my like statements on the matter are subject to change because they are but the people were mad thinking I was like choosing a specific side but I literally didn't point out if I ever canceled my pre-order or if I kept my pre-order so you just want to you know make an assumption and that's one of the biggest (laughs) problems make an assumption makes an ass out of you that's why it's spelled A-S-S-U (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, it was it was weird for me because, you know, I mean, fuck the bullshit. I'm not going to go through the whole conversation, you know, because hey, a private conversation is a private conversation. But me and Raccoon spoke about this. Um, me and like two or three other people spoke about this and we all said different things. But, you know, when information started to come out, a lot of people started assuming Oh, well, fuck you. The fuck you guys who want to support her. Guess what? A bunch of people pre-ordered the game just because she told us not to. Ha 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 ha. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that's not what happened. People forget that the game was coming out or didn't know it was coming out because we didn't even get promotional marketing and advertisement mm-hmm. and a, a fucking release date until three months before it came out. Yeah. Yeah, pretty release much. Date. We didn't get till three months before it came out. So if you saw this game and heard about it five years ago. You might have forgot that it was even coming, especially when you went to the store after seeing it at the Game Awards, that little two-second trailer, and they said, oh, it's not available for pre-order. Okay. F- speed forward five years later, four years later, you know you fucking forgot. That's what happened. People forget. And they're trying to act like that has something to do with Hel- Helena Taylor. I was like, look, 
I got no problem with actors unless they are a terrible, shitty fucking person. And sometimes mm -hmm. there are good actors who have shitty personalities. And sometimes there are good actors who can do something shitty. But here's the thing. That's human nature. The problem is a lot of them don't want to own up to shit because they think that it could, you know, hurt their wallet. Or they're worried about an image. They're not worried about if they're a better person from learning from their mistake. They're worried about if I can get away with my shitty personality and still work. Or my shitty beliefs and still get a job. Instead of fixing the shit. Which is a fucking problem. But that's a human problem, not an actor problem. Look, the big problem that we had back in the day. And you may not remember this or even remember when it happened. Because at the time, you would have probably been like maybe six or seven. But the voice actor strike happened for a, a rate increase negotiation that needed to really reflect inflation and modern day living standards, right? Mm -hmm. That was fine. However, towards the end of it, some representatives started saying they wanted royalties. And of course the gaming industry did their famous James Jonah Jameson impression and they just paused and started laughing. First and foremost, if the programmers can't even get fucking guaranteed residuals, they can't get guaranteed post-production payment. And here you are, doing the least amount of work out of possibly everybody on the project. Why the fuck do you think you just magically get royalties? Well, movie actors do. I was like, yes. And guess what? It's not all of them. Musicians do. Yes. And guess what? It's not all of them. But they also contribute more. Or in the case of the movie, how much they're getting is based on their involvement. If they're there for beginning to end of production, they're obviously going to get paid more than the guy who's a supporting cast member or the guy who's a cameo who might not even have a name that gets spoken in the movie. Mm -hmm. The problem is a bunch of actors started taking sides. And then when they lost, they started getting real quiet. Yes, they're getting more pay, but they're not getting royalties. Mm -hmm. They just shut up and took it. She didn't want to do that. But also, again, she's not from North America. I don't know what she was expecting to happen. They were giving her a ridiculous amount of money that is well above the average scale. And on top of it, they even tried to do a peace offering negotiation. Her problem was she didn't want to get something that wasn't royalties. She's allowed to think like that. Is it wrong? Technically, no. But was it realistic? Hell the fuck no. Mm -hmm. that's why I don't have any problems with Helena Taylor yeah but, but you know the internet's the internet so people made a bunch of social media posts people started claiming things and all this other shit and then dumbasses just believe and it's like anytime someone says use trials use the word woke as if it's a derogatory insult I was like do you understand that the actual concept of that slang term is to denote the realization of manipulation in your life in some way shape and form by a third party and you coming to the realization that they're doing it for selfish reasons or they're manipulating you for negative effects to happen mm -hmm. and if you knew that why the fuck are you using it as an insult do you know how that makes you look but no no one wants to care if they're right they want to care if they don't feel they want to care if they feel wrong or get caught being wrong and that's why i'm glad i'm not like that but uh yeah um that's pretty much it um so uh me and clover have some non youtube -y shit to discuss or podcasty shit to discuss and i will see you guys in the next one happy new year and see you in 2023 happy new year thanks for listening <laughs>